Welcome to Game Face, episode 230, here on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, the founder of Sifted, the world's most advanced gaming website, and I'm here today with Matthew Kyle to talk to you about the biggest and the brightest in video games for the week. What's up, Matt? Hey, um, I don't lie. It was kind of a quiet week, considering after what we just went through with all the pre-order nonsense. Yeah, I mean, it was a quiet week for game releases, Yeah, but not a quiet week for game stories. We actually have like 11 topics in today's show, which is crazy. Normally, we hover around six, seven, eight. Uh, we got a ton, so we got a lot. I was just surprised at how little I got to play this week of new things. There isn't a lot of new stuff. It's kind of one of those other calm before the storm periods because, yeah. I mean, if you checked out Dossier for October, there's like 60-some games coming out in the next 30 days. So oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, next week we got X-Wing action, so yep. I'm not complaining. Squadron. But. Yeah, from here on out, it's just going to be awesome. But the good news is there were tons of crazy kind of smaller-ish stories this week. Uh, that I think are going to generate some great discussion, and I am excited to do it. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Dinfire. You can find Matt at MKyle. And if you listen to this show on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening, uh, and you want to know uh, all the latest things that are going on with Sifted, like when new episodes go up, follow us on Twitter at Sifted Games. And if you really like the show and you want to see it keep going, then head on over to patreon.com slash sifted, that's S-I-F-T-D, and kick us a couple bucks a month, and we'll just keep on rocking with the game face. So like I said, we got a lot of topics to get to. Uh, don't have a lot of time for chit-chat off the top. Uh, before we get going, though, here's a word from our sponsor. Do you live life outdoors? DeShazer Ryan Realty has a nice level lot just outside of Libby, Montana. That's perfect for you. With access to Crystal Lake via shared dock and boat ramp, it's an ideal location to build the getaway home of your dreams or just park your RV. Enjoy fishing, paddleboarding, kayaking, boating, and more just a few steps away. It can be yours for just $72.5. No matter where you live, contact Doug DeShazer at 406-291-1643 or DeShazerMT at gmail.com. Even if you're not looking for property in Montana, he can connect you with local realtors in your area who can help you. If you want to see more, head over to DeShazerRyanRealty.com. That's DeShazerRyanRealty.com. Okay, thanks once again to DeShazer Ryan Realty for supporting Game Face and Sifted. As I say every week, let's keep the money in the family. Work with him if you can. And with that, it's time for our poll of the week. Now, last week, Matt and I discussed PS5 and Xbox Series X pre-orders. And we talked about how frustrating it was and how there has to be, there has to be a better way to do them. And so this week, the poll of the week was all about that. And I was hoping that some of you guys might give us some suggestions on how they can do it better in the future so it's not just a total CF going forward. And so the poll was very simple. Um, it was PS5 and Xbox Series X pre-orders, dot, dot, dot. And then you had four options. Uh, the first one was, um, have been great. Uh, I got what I wanted, no problem. Second option was, it was a challenge, but I eventually got what I wanted. Third option was, it's disorganized. I got what I wanted, but it was too much work. And then the final option is, a complete disaster. I still don't have one. This needs to be fixed. Um, and with that, we'll reveal the results of the poll. 
And as you can see, the winner was, it was a challenge, but I eventually got what I wanted with 31% of the vote. So it sounds like, and again, our audience is the core of the core, but if you are dedicated enough, it looks like about a third of you guys were able to get it with minimal hassle, but still some hassle. Uh, the second most popular option, there was a tie, actually. Uh, 27% said it's been great. Got what I wanted, no problem. Are you surprised at that, Matt? Because we can't no, say that, I mean, and we tried well, hard. I mean, well, I mean, somebody had to get in first. I right? guess you're right. <laughs> but 27%, that seems high. I don't know. 27% satisfied customers is not really something I'd be aiming for. Well, I think, I well, but well, I think we'll break down the poll in a, a second on a broad, on broader terms. But I think if what you're looking at here, though, is really 58% were kind of okay with how it went, mm -hmm. uh, the first two options. Um, and then the other option with 27% was it was a complete disaster. I still don't have one. So you have, it actually makes sense. You have 27% who said it was awesome. And then exactly 27% who are saying it was a complete and total disaster. And then the least popular reply was, it was disorganized. I got what I wanted, but it was too much work. So it sounds like either you guys just completely gave up or you got one. That seems to be sort of the overarching theme. Again, 58% uh, of the poll basically are okay with how it went. Uh, and then, of course, hashtag math, the other 42% are saying that it wasn't quite up to scratch. I'm kind of surprised by that. I really thought this poll would be bottom heavy, meaning that the, at least the majority of people would say this isn't good enough. We need a better way. Are you surprised at all? No, I mean, monitoring like Twitch threads and Reddit and uh, Twitch thread, Twitter threads and Reddit and like Reset Era stuff, like people weren't happy, but like for the most part, the, the dedicated people did seem to get one eventually. Okay. Like, you know, even, even if there were people that like just been refreshing the Walmart checkout for like an hour yeah. and eventually it just went through. Which is how I got um, mine from Amazon. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I picked I picked the second one because, um, okay. you know, it was a, it, I would say it was some, something I, of a challenge. Yeah. Um, whereas like the, the trick is like, if I just been aiming at Amazon, I would have been fine. Like, yeah. cause every time, both time, both systems, Amazon's link went up through Aria 64, clicked on it, got it done. But, it, but I'd been spending, I, I spent like a half an hour <laughs> trying to get it from other places first. Yeah. So like, it felt like more of a disaster. Agreed. Um, I spent like PS2 two hours chasing my tail on all these other websites. And then yeah, once and Amazon goes up, I got one like that. So right, and PS Five was doubly so because I was trying to get two because I want I'm trying to right. get one for as a gift for someone. Yep. So and I did, but that second one had to be a GameStop bundle uh, right now. So hopefully, I'm I'm hoping to replace that with a non bundle if more go up in the future. But it's been a, it's been pretty quiet uh, since uh, I think GameStop did that in person thing yep. earlier in the week. Last and Friday, that was like the yeah. only movement we've seen on new PS five models. They've been saying that there's more coming, but we haven't really got any reports of that yet. Um, we did get some great comments from you guys on this. I'm not surprised. Um, the longest and most in depth one comes from Erebus Jones. Uh, he says, speaking only for my experience, I know this isn't typical since I already have an all access subscription. I needed to upgrade it at the gate at the same shop. I got my one X, which meant I had no choice, but to buy it from game. Game is like the GameStop in Europe, for those of you who don't know. Yep. Uh, the initial experience looked great in a virtual queue, which is surely a good idea to, to reduce load on your store. But when the timer expired, the website crashed and went down for five hours. I thought I had missed out. <laughs> Luckily, they had set aside an amount of stock solely for people upgrading an existing all-access subscription. So when the site did come back up, I had no issue at all sorting it out. Uh, for that reason, I picked was a challenge, but I eventually got what I wanted. 
Um, we actually have another comment later on about all access issues as well. Uh, for those of you who don't know who what all access is, basically you can lay away an Xbox for like 30 bucks a month. Um, you can get the new Xbox One X, or sorry, Xbox Series X for like a payment plan that you pay every month for a couple years. And then ultimately, once you pay off the console in full, you own the console. Um, and they did have this crazy program set up for people who had used that program to get a One X to upgrade to a Series X. And I think it's great that Microsoft actually had allocation set aside for those people. That may rub some people the wrong way. Uh, but if you're Microsoft and you're trying to get people on board this program, the worst thing you could do is screw over the people who have already used the program. So... I think it was the right thing for Microsoft to do, um, and I'm glad Erebus Jones got one. But an interesting anecdotal story, nonetheless. Um, it's interesting how many times how many times I've heard someone like do the One X Series X mixed up just yeah, verbally. It's, well, it's like, we're going to get to that as well because there was yeah. there is a really big mix up for a lot of people in pre ordering one. Uh, yeah, well, the, what was it? Sales on Amazon of the One X were up 747 percent. That's because it was right underneath the listing for yeah. Series X. And if you were yeah, it's searching just a for black it, box. I, like, it, it looks, looks like, the same. Yeah. yeah. To, I mean, not to us, right. but like to anyone who isn't steeped in it, it's yeah. like, oh, that must be it. It, Xbox X. I think right? I saw a picture on Yahoo of it. That looks like it. Yeah. It's like this matte black looking thing that's really square. Yeah, I totally get it. I could see where it could happen. Uh, next up from Cameron. Uh, he said, another option should be, I got half of what I wanted. I wanted both, but I was only able to get Xbox because the pre-order happened when they said it would, unlike PS5. I will still try to get the PS5, though. I'm sure they will be trickling out the pre-orders up until launch. I have my in-stock alerts ready to go. There's a pro tip for you. If you haven't got one yet, set up stock alerts on your favorite retail websites. <laughs> yeah, so you can get an email after they're all gone. Because <laughs> that's pretty much it. Again, we've told you this a million times. Just follow Wario64 on Twitter. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, not only is it good for now, if you're trying to find a console, all he tweets about is deals and good deals. Mm -hmm. um, he is a one of the few really worthy follows on Twitter, if you ask me. Uh, I highly recommend it. Also, a former curator for Sifted. So try to throw some love his way. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, – do you think this is common? There's a lot of people who wanted both but were only able to get the Xbox because Xbox was better organized. I mean, of people who wanted both, probably. I mean, yeah. I think there's more people who want just PS5. Yep. Um, I think the demand the demand has to be higher for PS5 at this point, I would think. Mm -hmm. um, especially because, like I said, when when the Amazon link went up for PS5, I you know immediately clicked it and got it, and then I sent it to my friend and you, but you'd already gotten it. But I sent it to like two other people, and by the time they clicked on it, it was gone. Mm. Um, and with Xbox, the pre-order was available on Amazon for like seven, eight minutes, um, which is, again, no one's complaining that their $500 game system sold out of pre-orders on Amazon in five, five yeah, to 10 yeah, minutes. I mean, sure. sure. Yeah. But that's different from like 10 to 15 seconds. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so I, I do think that the demand is higher. I don't think it'll matter this year. I think, we'll, I think the allocations will sell out through Christmas. No problem. Agreed. Um, yeah. But you will, I think we will start to see the, the gap widen sales wise between them, like as Q1 and Q2 drag on. Uh, and then just a couple more fun kind of comments. Here's one from McWomble. Surprise, surprise, a fun comment. Absolutely no chance of getting a PS5 when people had the chance to order in the middle of the night. And again, McWomble's in Europe. So all this stuff is happening. We're going crazy in the U.S. And they're snoring. I mean, they're asleep. I mean, they mm -hmm. had to get up in the middle of the night to get one of these things if they really wanted one, which really sucks. And they didn't even know because it... 
they didn't go up when it was supposed to. Right. So like yeah. all, suddenly it like midnight, like central Europe time or something like that. Like yeah. all and the pre-orders are gone. Job, you're asleep. You're going to totally yeah. miss it. Um, and then he continues, then all access crapped out. So I have a finance agreement, but no console. So he was yeah. also in that all access program. He tried to upgrade the only thing that went through on his upgrade was the, the actual loan, the money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says, I did get confirmation that I won't be charged. So, whoop. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, when you start getting involved in these kind of layaway programs, they get, they're complicated. And there's these other steps involved where things could get messed up. And it sounds like that's what happened to you, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, next... sometimes, sometimes a victory is just I didn't lose anything. <laughs> You're right. Uh, next up is Chris, and he says, F scalpers, F bounce alerts. That software should be illegal. <laughs> and I feel exactly like Chris, and I would have actually said the word, except in the first 30 minutes of a show, you got to keep swearing to a minimum or YouTube like blackballs you. So I'm not going to say <laughs> it yet. But I agree with him a thousand percent. F scalpers, F bounce alerts. That software should be illegal. Agreed. Yeah, and they need to like Im implement some kind of. Well, it's, it's like they need to implement some kind of anti-bot like captcha. That's thing. all you got to do. Just put a um, captcha in there. That's it. But of course, then you're going to end up in the situation where the captcha stuff doesn't load properly because it's still heavy traffic, and then or you can't get through this. So that doesn't work. More. It slows everything down. Yeah. It causes some kind of DDoS problem, and yeah. everybody blames you because you're trying to put a captcha <laughs> up, and I like, just get rid of the captcha so we can get yeah. to the fucking cart. And like, it's just. Like, there's no proper solution to it. Like, the, like there's, everything has a downside. I do think that, you know, next generation, five, six years from now or whatever, hopefully there will not be a pandemic that forces everyone to go online to get it. And, like, you know, people pre-ordering in person is going to ease some pressure on that part of the system. But uh, you never know. Like, we might, you know, we might be going more and more digital as we go further through this. Who knows what the end of the generation is going to look like? We actually you – know? so we asked for questions for Q&A for the end of the show on the site, knowing that we were recording this offline, and someone asked about that. So hold <laughs> that thought. Uh, next, Dyson says, weakest launch lineups I've ever seen. Who on earth wants to pre-order? Do you agree with that? No, I think, I, the PS, I think yeah. the PS5 has Miles Morales and Demon Souls, and that's one of the strongest launch duos I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, Xbox, yeah, Xbox pretty much has nothing of note. But those two games, um, like, yeah, no, I, I would buy a PS5 instantly. Hear, that's, this is the thing, Matt. Uh, and look, I don't want to... Other than, like, people, other than like, the, like the US Dreamcast launch, I can't think yeah. of like a better launch lineup Especially than those Especially for two. PlayStation. I mean, this is like oh, yeah. the best PlayStation launch lineup ever. As far as what games can I play on my new console the day I get that console? And I, look, I don't know if a lot of this is PC people or Xbox people who are trying to downplay the PlayStation 5. I don't know. But... <laughs> I think some of the perspectives of some of these folks. No, I I was there for the Japanese Dreamcast launch, son. That's a weak launch. That was a Godzilla game and a Mahjong game. Like this is yeah. this is gold. Compared I mean, to I that. can understand Xbox Series X. You're right. I mean, there sure. really yeah. is no definitive reason to get a Series X at launch, except for kind of the stuff that it it tries to differentiate itself away from Sony with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, well, I mean, also like the fact that smart delivery is a way more consumer-friendly option than what Sony seems to be option, opting for, which is like, eh, who knows? We'll yeah. see. What By game to game kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, you know, more and more I've seen people's, like, online being like, oh, as we find out more, and we'll talk about the specifics on that later, but, yeah. like, the more and more as you find out how Sony's handling 
you know, transitioning PS4 games to PS5 versions or save transfers or whatever, people are sort of like, oh, maybe Microsoft's just completely universal agnostic approach to this is way better than what Sony's doing. Um, and I still am, you know, I, you know, I'm, I really want to play cyberpunk. I really want to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, I really want to play watchdogs Legion uh, and I want to play them on the new systems, but I'm more increasingly feel that like, I need to see what digital foundry says about these things, performance on each new system before I decide which version I buy. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, that's our poll of the week for this week. There'll be a new one up on the site here in the next day or two, as always, Check out the header at sifted.net if you want to get involved. Again, it was great to see a lot of our community come out and post comments in our poll of the week. We have a lot of lurkers, a lot of people who use the site who never post anything. You never even know that they're there. But our poll of the week has brought some of them out, and I love it. Um, join the club. Join the, join the community on Sifted. We got a ton of really good, mature people on the site. Uh, be a part of it. So with that, it's time to move on with the show proper. We're going to kick things off with what I would say was probably the most disappointing trade show of the year. And it was so bad that you may not have even realized that it was happening. But Tokyo Game Show 2020 just happened over this past weekend, <laughs> believe it or not. Now, The only reason I knew that it happened was because uh, PlayStation Network did that big in Japan sale. Yeah. Which which I know is their Tokyo Game Show thing every year. Yep. Now, like every major convention or event going on right now, this was virtual. They didn't have anything at Makuhari Messe. Um, it was all just a collection of basically pre-produced video stuff and some live streams mm -hmm. here and there, um, which is what we've kind of become used to at this point. Yeah. It'll Unlike LA Comic Con, which back. LA Comic Con claims they're doing an actual convention. I saw that. The, you see that? I saw that. I mean, I just saw footage of the uh, Sturgis motorcycle thing last night. Right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, after seeing that, I'm like, I guess all bets are off. I mean, they were just mm -hmm. huge crowds just living life like it was there was no pandemic. So, Well, they, like 280,000 people got infected from that. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, yeah, I hope it was worth it because all they were doing was walking around drinking crappy beer. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other, it's like, it. I don't get it. It's like, okay, like, what do you – it's this going to be the same convention it's always going to be. So what are you risking your life to we do know there? This isn't like a convention. It's just no, but I mean, I mean, LA, LA oh, Comic Con, yeah, 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 right? Like, why? Would, I mean, of all the Comic Cons anyway, money, why would man. I go it's to all the money? Yeah, but it's not. I mean, they're the they're at the LA Convention Center. They took the whole LA Convention Center over. They're like trying to space things out, but it's just for that for the LA Comic Con. Like, are, no, like, I don't understand it. It's crazy. I um, think the city will shut them down before it comes along. Yeah, I think it's probably going to happen. Uh, but anyway, back on topic, which is Tokyo Game Show. It was very, very low-key. Um, I guess... TGS has been that way for a long time. It has. But... I mean, it's been kind of the smallest convention of the year now for mm -hmm. good... Man, I'd even say for like eight or nine years now. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten better than like, you know, like 2009 when it was like, oh, this is just mobile games. Yeah. Like, there was a period for a couple of years there where it's like, oh, is this just going to be about mobile stuff and... And that's it, because there was almost nothing to cover. Like we stopped going to yeah. TGS at Xplave after a while because there was the just nothing there, went, and it was a joke. Like we are, we hit the floor for three days, and mm. that year, 2012, we were done in one day. 
and we had nothing mm-hmm. to do. Like we went back and we're just scraping the bottom of the barrel, looking for like weird Japanese games, but that was it. We we're like, we'll never come back again. So that's where Tokyo Game Show is at. And it also obviously was virtual this year, which provides more limitations for what they can do. But they did try their best. And in all honesty, they did show some pretty big stuff, but Typically, you get to see sort of every big Japanese game that was in development at Tokyo Game Show. This year, we got to really check out like a handful of them, but some Mm. of them were pretty big. Uh, The first one we're going to talk about is Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Uh, We've talked about this on the show before. This is the sequel to Hyrule Warriors, which is a Dynasty Warriors type take on the Legend of Zelda franchise. The big thing here with this one, though, is that The plot in this one is actually the prequel to Breath of the Wild. And when I first heard that and watched the trailer, I was like, oh, okay, there'll be some, like, really quick cutscenes in between missions, like usual games like this. Oh, no. They showed the first gameplay at Tokyo Game Show, and they showed a big chunk of it, too, like almost a whole entire mission. And uh, that's not how it is at all. There are – I was shocked at how well-produced – the cinematics and the story and the voice acting and all the stuff was in this. Did you get to see it, Matt? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what I expected. Like, it's not, it's, it's an evolution of what Hyrule Warriors did. Yeah. Um, Hyrule Warriors had a pretty robust story. It just was boring. Um, and, but, and they did that kind of, you know, mid-mission cutscenes and that kind of stuff like that. Um, this is a whole, I mean, and Fire Emblem did as well, but like, this is a whole other level. Um, yeah, clearly, clearly Nintendo has a, Nintendo clearly knows that they've handed them like a key part of the Breath of the Wild mythos here, and they are. I wouldn't be surprised if they were keeping a close eye on things. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it seems it seems like Nintendo definitely sent some people to supervise at the very least. I mean, the art it's just ripped yeah. straight out of Breath of the Wild. Like Nintendo, it looks it appears to me Nintendo just gave them all the assets, and we're like, we don't want you to screw this up. So here's the character models. Here's everything that you need as far as art is concerned to make this game. Here's all the textures, blah blah blah, and that takes some of the the guessing out of it when you when you're not relying on sort of this third party entity to recreate mm-hmm. art um and it, it looks gorgeous but i think they did recreate everything i think they just said pointed to breath of the wild and said make it look like that cuz I mean, like it the looks perfect yeah, i mean like exactly the, i mean it's not a tremendously difficult art style to replicate we'll we'll be talking about a game that does it pretty well later as yeah. well um but like and Gods and Monsters, or whatever they're calling that yeah. now, uh, has a similar thing going on. But um, Immortals, Phoenix Rising, Matt. Right, so sure. Much more catchy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Monster Energy Drink. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, this seems in line kind of with the production values they were. They've been sort of ramping towards in the first two Warriors games they did for Nintendo. So, mm-hmm. and some of some of the, I mean, the Tokiden was it Tokiden? I think that's what they call it. It's, it's, it's a more like. Mytho- a Japanese mythology-based game. I think it's Tokiden. Is I'm one not of the. Familiar with that term. It's similar to it's it's sort of the basis of what the Attack on Titan games they did were, um, but it's sort of the same thing like fighting giant mythological monsters and stuff. Like there's some pretty robust storytelling in there too. Like they they've been stepping their game. If if, if you play things that Koei's like kind of Muso people do. Uh, outside of just the standard Dynasty Warriors thing, which seems to have really fallen by the wayside in terms of care and attention, uh, judging by Dynasty Warriors Nine, um, they've been there, there's some ambition there. It's not just the cookie cutter like factory it used to be yep. back in the old days. Oh, I mean, this game looks amazing. Um, I did not make it all the way through the last Hyrule Warriors. I just kind of burned out on it after a while. 
This one looks like it might get me across the finish line. It looks vastly- Yeah, well, this is an interesting actual story. I, I, and I actually know, care but, about the story. I mean, that's Yeah, when I played Breath of the Wild, I was in, like, okay, well, what happened 100 years yeah. ago? Because that sounds like more interesting than what's happening now, quite frankly. And so- You don't think um, this was part of the master plan, do you, all along? I feel like they probably did intend to make a game that was a prequel that told that story. I don't know if it was always going to be a Dynasty Warriors game. Okay. Like, it yeah. se- seems like maybe that was going to be the plan for, like, the Breath of the Wild- Two or the, the the Majora's Mask style game, but at some point that changed, maybe. Yep. Um, or maybe they decided that after Fire, Fire Emblem Warriors turned out so well. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure they intended to tell that story eventually. I just don't know if this was always the way. Yep. Looking good. It's coming out on November 20th. So announced and released within fast. a couple months. It's really fast. I do like Nintendo's like quick turnaround from announcement stuff they've done with this and like Paper Mario. Yeah. Like, it's good. Yep, totally. Uh, next up, Resident Evil Village. Uh, they they didn't really show like the first gameplay of it, which is what I think a lot of people were hoping. Uh, I was mm-hmm. I was thinking we'd probably get you know the typical TGS stage demo where they go up there, they show off like a bunch of stuff I don't care about for twenty minutes, and then they show like a fifteen minute chunk of the game. They did not do that. They basically released a developer doc that does show the first gameplay um meaning in engine as if you're playing the game footage um did you get to check that out matt oh some of it it didn't actually hold my attention yeah, for its entire it's run so bad dude like they have so they have the japanese developers in there talking about their vision they just keep saying the same stuff over and over terrifying beauty terrifying beauty Terrifying people. Mm-hmm. They kept saying it over and over again. And then they have, like, the Western producer, the white guy in there, and he is the most... He says the most inane, useless crap. Like, I got really no information about Resident Evil Village out of that at all. No, although that, it was the most... Uh, true to TGS PR presentations <laughs> right. that I've been in that, that I saw this year. Uh, I, I, I was I was I was having flashbacks to sitting in hotel rooms listening to listening to developers talk about uh, Infinite Undiscovery yeah. for like twenty minutes. While I'm just like, what what is it? Why why does anyone care? Do you remember like, how they no- used to have like that whole bank of like work cubes at Tokyo yeah. Game Show for the Publishers and developers who either didn't want to spend a lot of money to attend or just didn't have the money to attend. And you go to do an interview and you just, there'd be, it'd be you and like the person and just this big bank of white office cubes. And you're trying yep. to make the shot look good and they won't walk to the floor to do the interview. It's a very, no, there's no, no cooperation. Show for sure. And the, I, my, I bring up Infinite Discovery because I remember it because it was, it was a whole, it was a whole line of square hotel room presentations we had to do and this was just one of those one it was one of those things where like we we needed kingdom hearts because everybody cares about kingdom hearts but we we had to attend the others and pretend we're but we you know we'd been doing this for three days and we were very tired and finally um during halfway through the infinite undiscovery presentation uh the camera guy mike dunn and i just went over to the, the square pr person and was like is are those beds in that other room and she's like yeah i'm like can we just be she's like go ahead sorry and so so mike and i went in the other room and slept for the rest of the presentation that's funny um so the funny part was that that little video that they put out didn't really share much it did show the first in-engine stuff though did you notice how slow ethan moves 
Yeah. Like glacial. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, look, I have pretty much no interest in a first person Resident Evil game anyway. Yeah. I didn't care about seven. Um, I will probably play seven through that thing where when you get PlayStation five and you have PS, PS plus, it's one of the, f- the games you can download free on P- PS five. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably when I'll play Resident Evil seven. Finally, this looks even clunkier somehow, which I'm like, if you were, I, is this VR? Does this have a VR thing? Have they said does, anything about Matt. that? Cause like, that's the only reason I can think to make him move that slow. Is he to, moves really slow. It looks slower than seven. And there's also like, there's no, like the animation, there's no animation on his arm. It's like, he's just no. walking and his arm is just like stiff. It, no, it, it looks like a PS2 era first person game in terms of like animation and sort of, sort of like, that stiffness is like something I expect from like I don't know, time splitters or yeah, something. I mean, it was very look weird. Great, that's yeah. the weird part. The environment about it. <laughs> looks great. Like everything else looks good, but it's like I don't I mean I don't know. It's not done yet. I guess. I, but it, there's I, a mansion too, Matt. I guess I'm sure you yeah. noticed that. It's like Resident Evil Village, and then like they don't even really show any real in-engine village stuff. They show them in a mansion. Yeah. So somehow in that decrepit rural village. There's a huge mansion where rich people used to live. I don't know. It's, I guess the well, yeah, a lot of time. Up. I mean, I, where is that? Is that I guess like in Europe somewhere? Yeah, or is Eastern it, yeah. Europe wilderness. I mean, a lot of times there was a lord who would end up sort of, you know, there would be a, a mansion sort of left in the in the town. I mean, I think that's kind of what Peter Molyneux is in uh, or was in <laughs> in Surrey in in, uh, in Guildford was like. Funny. They were like a, a landed gentry family, and that, like you know, it happens yeah, over there. I hear you, but. Um, I, don't know, I don't know. Like I, I can't. My my interest in that game is in the negative range. Like I really don't care. I know that's partly just me because I don't care about horror games. I don't care about Resident Evil. And I really don't care about first person Resident Evil. But I can still enjoy Resident Evil game, like with the Resident Evil Two remake and Resident Evil Three remake. Mm-hmm. But like as soon as you make it some like first person like Outlast thing, I really that's it. Just looks like every other indie horror game to me. Well, I am still excited for the game, but I will say this. My excitement for it is not what it was before Tokyo Game Show. (laughs) I mean, the other thing is that some more information has come out over the last couple days since TGS ended. One is that uh, rumors are that the PlayStation 5 version of Resident Evil Village is having some real problems. Um, Mm -hmm. And that information comes from somebody who leaked... The Resident Evil 3 remake leaked the Resident Evil 2 remake. This person is in the know with Capcom, and he's hearing that they're having big-time problems with the PS5 version of the game. It seems to be a theme. I think that probably is going to be a theme for the first six months, year. Yeah. Um, Like, what Cerny was talking about is cool ideas and cool tech, but it sounds like it's it's harder to get your mind around than... It's work. Than just slapping it on the Xbox and calling yeah, it a day. Yeah, it's added work. There's no doubt about it. Um, so that was was uh, making the rumor mill, and then the fact that it may also be coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One was revealed this mm. week. I'm not surprised by that at all. In fact, the first time I saw it, I just assumed it was going to be cross-gen. Yeah, that was actually the news to me was that that wasn't, wasn't already implied. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. it doesn't look, look that like good. It was built from the ground up. For no, this and also because like, why would you? Why would you pass up that install base at this point? Stupid. I mean, that's what Especially a lot of people are missing is... here. Is like these publishers would be idiots 
not to release the PS4, at least the PS4 version of yeah. these games. Like a lot of times, the only reason there wasn't last-gen versions of a lot of early early generation games is because the the hardware just wasn't compatible enough to make it economically feasible. Well, but in this, you can, just, you can just make another version. Both. I mean, this is really yeah. the first time where this is happening. So, look, I'm not going to fault anyone for their perspective on this because I think everyone is kind of dealing with it for the first time. And everyone's kind of reacting in their own way. And I totally get that. Um, but I just have I have never felt that like a game on PC was held back because it had medium settings. Yeah, I mean, that's look, all these I, that's games all I mean. were held back by the fact that they started development as PS4 games. Right. They, these games were probably almost done for PS4 when they started working on the PS5 version. Yeah. So it's not. It's the fact is you're going to be able to play them on PS5 when you probably shouldn't have been able to. Yeah. It's like a and I know, glass I know half from... full versus half empty thing. And I know from some of my development friends, like you would be shocked at how late they started working on the next gen versions of things. Not because they're lazy or they didn't plan for it, because they didn't get the they tools they needed. They didn't have the kits. Like, yeah. yeah. This this generation was rushed. Like I promise you. Yeah, like these these it. systems should not be put put out until next year. And we're gonna be feeling that for the whole generation until they make us buy the pro versions <laughs> in four in three years. I was just thinking about that today, like before I came over here. I was like because I've been using my old Xbox One. It's basically a cable box. I just use it for YouTube TV to just run YouTube TV. And then I started thinking, I'm like, wow, here in like a month, like I'm going to have like a new Xbox again, like a one that's powerful and one that I'll like to play games on for the first time in years. And based upon what we're starting to hear, I mean, it Digital Foundry could have a huge impact on the console race. When yeah. they start doing these comparisons for third-party games because it's sounding like, once again, like the 360 and PS3 era, that Xbox games out of the gate are going to look and run better, mm -hmm. third-party stuff anyway. So, And then more Resident Evil at Tokyo Game Show, uh, Capcom unveiled the first trailer for a brand-new Resident Evil series for Netflix called Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. Now, this is not a live-action Resident Evil show. It is a CG show that stars Leon and Claire. Uh, did you get to check out the trailer for that, Matt? I didn't see that. Do you have you watched those CG RE things from the past or in the past? No. Yeah, they're they're all fan service basically. Yeah, fans really like them. If you want to watch them, typically for entertainment, and you don't care about video games or Resident Evil, they're not great. But <laughs> um. I don't know. I thought it looked okay. It didn't even look like the CG was... It almost literally looked like a video game cutscene in a lot of ways. The character models were a little better than what you would get in like a PS4 <laughs> game, but I'm not so sure it looks any better than what we're going to get on PS5, to be perfectly honest with you. But look, the more people are exposed to video game franchises and IP, the better for the industry. A lot of people may watch that and be like, Resident Evil, I've heard about that. Maybe they'll, they'll try it. So... Stuff like this generally is always good for the industry, provided the show isn't just abysmal. Um, but look, video game movies have been terrible for the last 20-some years, and that has yeah. to stop the industry. <laughs> I'm, I mean, my guess is that it's um, it's a reaction to the Castlevania uh, Netflix thing success. Um, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Clearly there's a, there's a market for, like, you know, video game-based horror you know, animated adaptations in some people's minds. Yeah. So, Yep. So that's not coming until 2021. 
So a little ways to wait for that, um, but it is on the way, and it is coming to the West on Netflix. I'll try to contain my excitement. Yeah, I'm not all that excited (laughs) about it either. Um, It is kind of crazy to see how much video game stuff Netflix is doing, though. I mean, it's pretty I mean, I I think it does come from the Castlevania thing, and... I mean, you, I mean, The Witcher is obviously not directly based on the games, but you can't completely discount the fact that if you've heard about The Witcher before the show in in an English speaking country, it's because of the games. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yep. Uh, next up, a uh, next gen game that I feel like has been kind of falling by the wayside: uh, Bandai Namco's Scarlet Nexus. Uh, well, one 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 problem we've had is that Bandai Namco blocks everything on YouTube, hmm. so we haven't been able to show you like any trailers or gameplay for Scarlet Nexus because we tried and it ended up sending up like a copyright strike. So uh, we haven't been able to show you the game, but it is kind of this cell shaded hack and slash action RPG. Um, Reminds and, me of Astral Chain. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, and then kind of the big revelation that came out of Tokyo Game Show was that there are two play- playable characters in the game, but not only that, also two separate single-player campaigns to play through. Um, hmm. and, and they had like a, some gameplay that they showed. Um, they've yeah, I saw some of it. It, just, it. it looks like another character action anime game, really. Yeah. Like, it looks like it could have been based on a manga. But I just don't know yeah. the manga. <laughs> I hear you. It looks like it could have been based on about 13 different mangas, yeah. frankly. And chances are this is going to be one of those infamous launch games that people always point back at and be like, remember that game? I can't remember the name of it, but... <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the uh, it's going to be the Azuric of this launch. <laughs> Good way to put it, for sure. Uh, next up, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Crazy stuff coming out of Tokyo Game Show for this game. Um, where do we start? Uh, well, I guess we'll start with the fact that the PS5 version isn't coming until March, uh, while all the other versions launch on November 10th, including the mm-hmm. Xbox Series X version. So, in some ways, you know, they're getting a timed exclusive on this. Um, do you think they paid for it? I don't think they did, no. Yeah. I, I, think, I think this is some kind of issue with the PS5. Yeah, that's um, what I think, too. Because yeah. if you want to go on to the next part of the story... Right. Well, because also because like Xbox isn't promoting it. Mm-hmm. So like if they, they did pay for it, they wasted their money because they're not talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't um, done any like special presentation. Also, like I know Microsoft likes to kind of why would you pay for exclusivity for Yakuza? Yeah. Like, why, like who, I mean, look, I love Yakuza. I have every Yakuza game ever made, including two that I can't even play because they're in Japanese. But like, why would you do that? It's not going to gain you anything. Um, and then, of course, the further problem is that uh, they were, they announced that if you have the PS4 version of uh, like of Like a Dragon, you will get the PS5 version as a free upgrade, but saves are not compatible. Yeah, so your save will not transfer from PS4 to PS5. And in fact, this is really confusing in general across the board for PS4 and PS5 because yeah. you have Miles Morales, which the saves will go from PS4 to PS5. So mm-hmm. what happened was Sega said the saves aren't going to work because it doesn't work, that it's it's impossible to do. You can't make a save from PS4, go to PlayStation 5. Literally, within like two hours, I'm not even exaggerating, like two hours later, Insomniac announces that PS4 saves will work on the PS5 for Miles Morales. So yeah. you have Sega saying one thing. for Spider-Man. What would you say? 
but not for Spider Man. But not for Spider Man. The the remaster, the yeah. buff up that they're doing of Spider Man, which had which had another scandal this morning as well. Yeah, uh, with, crazy. with the reveal of, with the reveal of the new face of Peter yeah, Parker. They replaced Peter Parker in the game and didn't say anything to anyone. He just appeared in a trailer today. What the hell is he going suddenly, on? He looks like a different guy. And they said it was because they wanted a new actor to better capture in the in the next gen hardware the the facial animation or something of voice actor Yuri Lowenthal or something. Do you believe that? And I'm like, no. I no, it, I, I mean, <laughs> I it, to me it looks like Marvel said make him look more like Tom Holland. Yeah, that's what I think too. Because yeah. in the in the original game he looks a little more like Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. and yep. and now he looks way younger than he's supposed to be in the game too, which is like yeah. they're supposed to be like 26 or 20 27 or something, and like. Maybe twenty five, but now he he looks about eighteen. Now he looks like way too young for Mary Jane. It's very strange. It's yeah. a like I'll deal with it. It's fine, like whatever. But like it's a weird move. And like Insomniac is on Twitter being like, "No, seriously, the reason we did this is because it made the performance better." And everyone's like, "No, going to take that one with a grain of salt, Ted." <laughs> very weird. I mean, my my guess on this is like. I feel like there must be a way you can build out the save system on something so it's compatible if you know what you're doing from the beginning, like with you have Miles to do Morales. It from the beginning. Yep. And and if you don't, like if you if you're doing something like Like a Dragon, which did they did not have access to the PlayStation Five hardware and tools and early in development, or um or you know Spider Man, which was obviously made long before the PS Five was even close to finalized. Like there's something about how that works that you just can't back into. Yeah, that, that's my guess. You have to build a game from the beginning to do it, and they haven't done that with these games, and so it's not going to work. And that's just yeah. the bottom line. Um, now, I do think that, like you know, backwards compatibility saves will work. Like if you play a PS4 game on, I think they did clarify that if you play like a PS4 version of Spider-Man on PS, your on PS5, your save will transfer, it but it will not transfer <laughs> to the it will not transfer to the new SKU, basically, which is a, a strangely common practice. I, I mentioned it in a comment on on Sifted, but like. Warner Brothers have been doing that for years on the same systems for yeah. some like like the game of the year versions of The Witcher Three, Shadow of War, uh, Injustice Two. Like none of those, your old saves with the, with the launch version of those games will not work. You have to start all over again. Start over, yeah. which I'm, and, and they're on the same console. You're like, why? Know, why, why would you do that? And but but that's how it is. Like and Warner Brothers does that every time with yep. those. It's yep. very weird. So anyway, all kinds of weird stuff going on with the save stuff on Yakuza and both Spider-Man games. Mm-hmm. But I think what we figured out—it's even worse with Yakuza because those games are so long. Like, because it's like it's just long enough that like, well, you want you don't want to wait till March, yeah, to play a game that comes out in November. But if you play it in November, like you you can't tra- you have to start over in March. Like it's it I mean, sucks. The bottom line, like it, yeah. I mean, the bottom line is that you're not going to be able to continue any progress you've made in a PS4 yeah. version of a of a game on your PlayStation Five. It's just not going to happen. You're yeah. Start over. The, the best the best you can hope is like you know play the PS4 version of like a dragon in backwards compatibility mode on PS5. Uh, yeah. You'll probably get just to keep your save yep. and maybe get some load time advantages or something. That's true. Um, but if you ever want to play the PS5 design you know made for ps5 version you're gonna have to start over yep. and with a yakuza game that is no small ask. yeah they're huge like i mean a lot of people should just wait i would say yeah if you're I really mean, planning on playing one of these games and you want to play it on ps5 just don't start playing it yeah or play it if you have both play it on xbox one That's x right. yep or not one x series X. i did it again um you play it on xbox series X. you know unless you care that much about what 
corporate logo is on the, the box you play a game on, which I, I mean, I, obviously I have all the Yakuza games for PlayStation. I, I get why people consider it a PlayStation franchise. But again, you got to go where the best experience is. Don't be loyal to corporate brands. Be loyal to what will get you the best gaming experience. Damn right. Uh, next, Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires. And you're like, what? Why are you talking about Dynasty Warriors 9? <laughs> That's how bad Tokyo Game Show was. This is a headline, people. This is like the fifth biggest game that was at TGS. I'm not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically just a more strategic take on Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors 9 did not do well financially. No. It did not sell well. It did not review well. Um, it's funny, like Koei Tecmo, you look at something like Hyrule Warriors, how much better it is than yeah. their flagship. Dynasty Warriors is their flagship franchise. Hyrule Warriors is a way better game than Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, well, there's always been like the weird organized crime rumors about uh, how the Dynasty Warriors games work, and like the idea that like the you know even if they don't aren't any good, the reason everybody has to carry them is because they're basically strong armed into it because like Koei sends like like well, people around to like force that to happen and stuff. It's it's there's a lot of urban legends about why the Dynasty Warriors games are as as well, I as can tell you ubiquitous one as they of the are. Reasons why is because Koei back in the day had the rights to manufacture games. They had some kind of a patent for CD oh, ROMs, right. I think, yeah. in the PlayStation One era. And everybody had to go through Koei Tecmo to or Koei mm-hmm. back then to get all their games made, and be, they just used that as leverage to make sure that their games were always front and center. So yeah, that did happen. I remember that that happened a couple times because of the patent system in Japan. Like there was yep. some abuse there because they weren't clear. That happened as well with uh, Namco. Namco yep. patented uh, mini games during load screens <laughs> for a while, and like you couldn't have that. any. Kind, you remember because like, they put yeah. like Galaxian and stuff on yeah. the on the, and like no one else could have interactivity on their load screens for years because until they lost in court, <laughs> and then yeah. that was it. Um, and then next up, Near Replicant. Uh, it's just basically a polished up version of Near. Oh um, no, it's not. That thing is a whole huge remake. Oh, it is. Yeah, like because that, that was one of the only nice surprises of TGS was like because I played Near a lot. I played the not Replicant. I played the one with with the yeah, old guy. The it was the yeah. Xbox one. Because um, the Xbox One was the old guy, and and that's the one we got over here, and the PS3 one. But then there was a the replicant version was also in Japan. If you wanted to not play as an old dude and want to play as a young young hot dude, uh, you could do that. <laughs> but that version never came here, so we're getting the one with the young hot dude, who's the brother of the girl, as opposed to the one we got before, which he was the father of the girl. Okay. Um, but what I've seen that like they have reworked that game hard. Okay. Um, they 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 so have brought it much more remake. in line. Yeah, much more in line with what Aut- Automata was doing okay. in terms of Good. combat and stuff. So it looks like a huge improvement. All right, and that I'm actually pretty out. excited about that game. Okay, that's coming out April twenty third, twenty twenty one. So still a ways for that. Um, oh. And then finally, and this wasn't even a part of Tokyo Game Show, <clears> but we just kind of tacked it on today. Sony announced the first real details for Gran Turismo Seven. Uh, it wasn't much, and it may, it's a little discouraging that these are sort of the bullet points that they posted for this game. Uh, 4K, 60 frames a second, no load times, and adaptive triggers and haptic feedback. I mean, they might as well be the bullet points for the PlayStation 5. They Yeah, like you might as well just have, like, has cars in it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we know all that. But really. I think it shows you that, that 
it looks like Gran Turismo 7 is not going to be a revolutionary entry in the franchise by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Or they would have mentioned, hey, we have this really new cool thing that we're doing in Gran mm-hmm. Turismo. Well the, well, the other possibility there is that they don't know any real cool thing they're doing in it because it's not anywhere near done. That could be too. So, like, you know, I think, I think that to me that list says, like, okay, those are your base targets for this thing, and that game is years away. Like you're not even mentioning manufacturers you're involved with at that point. Like it's that that game feels like it's 2022, maybe. Yeah. Like more or longer. Like you're probably gonna be playing Gran Turismo Seven around the same time you're playing Starfield. That's probably right. <laughs> I hate to say it. Um, and that's Tokyo Game Show. We even added the bonus Gran Turismo Seven on the end, which actually wasn't at the show. Uh, look, as you said, Tokyo Game Show. It's been falling in stature for quite a while, but. And it has a lot of challenges this year with COVID and doing it virtually, but this was really bad. Yeah. And how really weird bad. is it that like one of the big stories was a Nintendo game? Yeah. A company Nintendo that never attends TGS. TGS. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, letter grade wise, I don't know, man. I'm sitting at like a D minus. Yeah. I'm going to say that's a straight D yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, it's really sad to see what Tokyo Game Show If you can even fairly rate this like weird haphazard collection of trailers as a show. You know, like yeah. there was no unifying element to it. There was nothing, you know. Yeah, there really wasn't. There was no like master stream that had that no. everybody's streams fed into. It was just like, hey, now Capcom's doing a stream. Now Bandai Namco's doing a stream. It was just all scattershot. Yeah, it was just like, oh, it's, there's more than usual this week. It's like, all oh, this stuff is happening in hey. Japan over the weekend. That's really all it was. Yeah. <laughs> so Tokyo Game Show, it's got to be teetering at this point. I don't know. It's It certainly has lost most of its relevance for people like us at this point. It just has. Um, even We did get some new stuff at this, but typically even in years where we're not dealing with a pandemic – it's just retreads of what we've seen already at things like Gamescom and E3. So mm-hmm. some publishers do tend to roll out something special for this, but maybe because of the way the show was this year, they dialed it back. I don't know, but it was really sad. And like I said, even if you went to Sifted this weekend, you may have struggled to know it was even happening. So uh, next up, we're going to talk about Xbox Series X, as we do pretty much every episode. And we're going to probably continue doing that until November 10th. Uh, we're going to fill you in on the latest... And, and probably keep doing it after that, <laughs> yeah, probably, I Yeah, after, unless we have it. You're right. Um, and uh, there, there was one big piece of information this week. Otherwise, it was a very quiet week for both PlayStation and Xbox. Um, and the big news is kind of big. They The news finally came out that the one terabyte external storage for the Xbox Series X will cost $220. Now, we talked about this on Game Face uh, a couple episodes ago, was it last week? Mm-hmm. And, like two episodes ago. Yeah, we thought it was, and then we thought it was going to be two oh five, and I thought that mm-hmm. was outrageous. And as it turns out, it's going to be sold in the U.S. for two hundred and twenty dollars. Matt, is that <laughs> that just seems outrageous to me? I mean, solid state stuff is not cheap. Um, that's a that's a little higher than I expected it to be. Um, not much. But the main thing I take away from that is like, what is the point of the Series S? It's hard to rationalize like, at this point. Especially in conjunction, in conjunction with the footprint of the OS we learned uh, this week, and how much you know how because basically you you lose two hundred gigs to. <laughs> 
the the OS and the and the game resume feature and all that stuff. And I don't know how much of that is on the. If you lose a similar amount of to the S, which has only got 500 gigs in it, if you're down to like 300 gigs of storage on that thing, you're basically forced to buy that or a separate hard drive at least to store stuff in and fast transfer over. And at that point. You're at 520. Why just buy the, yeah, why don't you just buy the Series X at that you're point? At five, like, now, look, for 520, you'll get an extra half a terabyte of storage space for your S. Yeah. But, but also the upgrade much more of hardware system. that you get with yeah. the X, it's like no one in their right mind should buy an Xbox Series S. It's just the truth. There's, I, I get it. If you don't have 500 bucks and you have 300 and you want to play stuff that looks next gen, I can understand that. But you should really, really try to save mm-hmm. up the extra 200 bucks and get the Series X. Because it's less than buying the expansion. Yes, you're going to cuz you have it you look you're getting a terabyte on the Series X and you only get yeah. half a terabyte on the Series S. So if you pay 220 to get the hard drive upgrade for the Series S, you're at 520. Sure, you have an extra 500 gigs of storage, but you have this weaker console mm-hmm. that will not make games look and run as well as the Series X. So I'm with you, Matt. I think at this point it's Xbox Series X or bust. Um, yep. I just it's I could not, in good conscience, tell somebody to buy the cheaper version. I just couldn't because, no. as Matt said, that OS is going to be the same. If and they've already said Series S has all the same functionality as Xbox Series mm-hmm. X, which means. It's going to need the same amount of space for the resume for all the new features that it's doing. It's like the also only thing you might be able to save space games. on, the only thing you might be able to save space on on the S is if you aren't using the higher the 4K assets for the OS. That's true. Because you're using 1080p, which might save some space, but it's not going to be they actually that did much. Say already that the download sizes for Series S games will be smaller than mm-hmm. Series X. So you're right. You will save space on that for sure. But it just feels like I don't know. The, if, if the if the mem- if the SSD expansion was like more like 100, 150, that would be one thing. Like you know, a couple of years down the road, you can see like, oh, I guess I'm running out of space. I might wouldn't mind getting this kind of thing. It just feels very proprietary price gouging. The it way is. they used to the way they used to do with the the hard drive expansions for the uh, for the 360. Yep. Whereas like at least Sony all for all their faults, you have to have the license drive. Yep. Yeah. At least Sony for all their faults is just to be able to say like, oh, if you want to expand this thing, go buy these models of hard drive, which they haven't told us yet. Yeah. But they're like, go buy these us. models of hard drives, and you just stick that in the expansion slot in the back of the PS5 and call it a day. And I guarantee you. That even if those are not as not le- even if those don't cost less, they will be bigger. Like even if you even if the all the for whatever reason all the models of of SSDs they say work with the PS5 are going to be the same price. I bet they're going to be like two terabytes. Yeah, or something like you know, they're right. going to they're going to be more more they're going to be better a better value than what you're getting for the proprietary Xbox One. Yeah, but as, look as far as that 200 gigabytes that you're losing on Series X, that's the same on Series S. You still need all that space to do the things yeah, that the console's going to do. At the very least, I would expect it to be proportionally similar. Yeah, amount of space. As you in lose. like 20 percent, you lose. So yeah, you lose like 100 gigs. Like 100 gigs. Yeah, like that wouldn't surprise. Still, me. that gets you it's down to lot. 400 gigs. That's a, and it's an all digital console. Right. There's no drive. So well, I mean that does that doesn't even matter anymore because everything installs completely. You know, you don't save any space by putting a disk in to the to the systems anymore. Yeah, I guess like, you're right. Yeah, there's really there are no examples no. where you just put a disk in and play it anymore. It no, there's no all disk games fully installed to the hard drive and they just do the disk check as a copy protection move. It's just a key. Um yeah. Yeah, the, an install from and I can I can uh, I can uh 
confirm that from yet last night when I saw uh, my friend who had a um, put a disc got a disc version of Injustice Two and her install was the same size as my digital version. Oh, interesting. So. Now, Matt, you brought it up a little bit earlier. Another story surrounding Xbox this week is that the sales of Xbox One X skyrocketed on Amazon because people were confusing it with the Series X. Do you think this is going to be a problem that could last, Matt? I mean, possibly. Uh, I feel like you're going to get corrected pretty quick. Um, certainly, somebody, some people must have been confused when they ordered the new system coming out in November and they got a new Xbox two days later from Amazon. <laughs> they're like, damn, I thought it was coming hey, out November hell? 10th. <laughs> it showed up like the next day and they're like, yeah. oh my God, I'm going on YouTube. I got the Xbox early. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> so, and this is again another issue with not being able to order these things in person. Yeah. Um, Although GameStop you know, did allow that last Friday, they let people walk in and order consoles. Yeah. Um, because they just want they just want because well because they want you to walk in and buy some Funko Pops. Yeah. Um, like impulse buys are basically the only thing keeping some of those stores afloat right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you, do you think that it's going to be a problem though that could sustain? You're right. Like most people are going to be corrected pretty easily, but you don't. Most people don't buy stuff at retail anymore where they will get corrected mm. is the problem. It's just one more obstacle. Like it's just yeah. it's you know, I don't think it's a fatal flaw, but it's just another example of like why, why? did you keep why, why do you keep sticking with this line? Uh, yeah. yeah. Why do you keep sticking with these same letters and why do you keep sticking with two letters that sound the same? Yeah. And I always have to enunciate when I'm talking about when I'm talking Xbox. I have to stop and say X S <laughs> so yeah. that people know which one you're talking about. It's crazy. It's just so weird. It's I don't know. You know I, I I've seen the meme where it's like the the, per, the guy in charge of naming PlayStations, and it shows the Count from Sesame Street, and this is the guy in charge of naming Xboxes, and it shows the Riddler. <laughs> like I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's about right. Isn't yeah, that sounds like, about right. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that those are the latest updates on Xbox Series X and S. Um, it was kind of a quiet week, which maybe at this point's a good thing. Uh, that's probably what you want now that you put all your uh, your cards on the table if you're Xbox. You just want people to yeah, I mean, be ordering your console, and it looks like they are because they actually bought your old console on accident in droves. So yeah, huge. So and, and it's, that's I mean it's kind of funny about the same thing. It's like it's that's a better story than like you know Xbox Series Xs are all full of mice. You know, like who knows <laughs> at this point? <laughs> that's true. Um. <laughs> so anyway, that's the latest on Xbox Series X. It was a really quiet week for PlayStation Five. There was really nothing happening yeah. on that front, other than the really whole just stuff the same problem. Yeah, that's it. It's it's just been a really quiet week in general for the industry. And now everybody arguing about Peter Parker's face this yep, morning. Yeah. Well, when that is happening, that's when you know that you're doing pretty good. If that's what people yeah. have to complain about, then you're okay with your console. Literally, like a month and a week away. It's crazy. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about something Pactor has been predicting since Pactor Factor launched that finally came true this week. <laughs> Amazon finally announced that it has a streaming service, and it is called Luna. Uh, Pactor has literally been calling this since the first season of Pactor Factor back in, like, 2015, 2016. Uh, and it finally came to fruition. Now, some people will say even a stopped clock is right twice a day and maybe with time like this where you predicted so long maybe you can say well it was going to happen no matter what so you don't want to give him points i'm giving him points because he stuck to it 
It would have been very easy for him at a certain point to be like, okay, I was wrong. I don't believe it anymore. He has stuck to it and said consistently for five years this was going to happen, and it did, in fact, happen. Uh, the details we have on it so far, it's going to be playable on PC, Mac, and Fire TV through apps at launch. Um, and then Android and iOS stuff will be coming shortly after that. Uh, the Luna Plus channel, it gives you a library for $6 a month. So it's kind of like Game Pass for 6 bucks instead of 10 I don't know how easy even a sell that's going to be. Uh, but they do have a trump card, and that is that Ubisoft is going to have its own channel. And not only that, Ubisoft's games are going to be there on day one, uh, which is a pretty big freaking deal. There's no launch date, but you can sign up for early access right now. Matt, what what prospects do you think Luna has as we sit here right now, knowing what's happened with Stadia? Nothing. Yeah. I maintain that game streaming is a solution in search of a problem. Nobody cares. Like, it's got to be a better system than what Stadia gave. Because the thing that sank Stadia, in addition to being tech that no one cares about using for interactivity, uh, unless forced to by a corporate interest, is um, they were trying to charge full price for games that you didn't get to own. Yep. and would go away if the service went away. Now, doing something more like Game Pass, like with this, this you know, Luna Plus channel, that makes more sense. Like, you got to adopt some kind of Netflix model for this thing, because that's what people expect from a streaming service. I mean, service. that's just the way things are now. That's yeah. what people want. I mean, let's be honest. And, like, you know, Ubisoft being involved in that is cool, uh, but obviously this is going to launch well after their big games are released for this fall, so yeah. you're already kind of in the in the tank on those things if you want to play Maybe. them in a timely I mean, manner. again, we have no release date. We don't know. Right. I mean, I have a hard time believing that's this year. Um, it is Amazon. Who knows? <laughs> I yeah. mean, they have the infrastructure, obviously. They are AWS. It's what Sifted runs on. It's what probably 50% of all websites run on. So Yeah. I mean, if anyone can make it work, it's probably Amazon. Yeah. But I still don't believe that there is any demand for this. Um, so you, are you thinking that they may wait to release it until they think people are starting to come around on the idea a little more? I don't know. I mean, the thing about Amazon is they can stick with stuff like this for as long as they want. Forever. They're not like Google. Forever. They're not like Google that just pulls the plug on stuff left and right after like you know eight months or something. Although Amazon's um, game development stuff has been a disaster, pretty much. That was bad. Yes, um, Lumberyard was not a great idea, and all the you know Studios I certainly know that it's had were that yeah had their projects canceled in the middle and. I certainly know a few people that were working on some of that stuff, and they uh, were not happy through the whole process. Um, and Amazon was not interested in hearing them as to what they were unhappy with. There were ways to fix what was going on, and Amazon had no interest in that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's not a not a great not a great track record there. Um, I just don't know. I I I don't also think. Kind of failed I think, phase one of this, right? Because you would think when they're saying, okay. We're going to launch a game streaming service, which is probably, let's be honest, that's probably when Pactor heard about it. Is it right. like they were, it was legit. He heard about it. They were going to do it. But then they probably realized. That was why they were building those the internal studios. studios. Yeah, that was phase one. It was like, okay, we're going to start these studios a couple years before we launch Luna. They'll have games ready two years later, exclusives that only people can play with us. That didn't work out. Pretty much all their games were canceled. No one's using Lumberyard as middleware. Um, and now they're left with a service that they have no exclusive content for. So what did they do? 
they just took a huge chunk of money and just dropped it right on Ubisoft. It was like, mm. how about you become our first party? I mean, that's basically what they've done. Yep. Um, not a bad choice if, either, I would add. Not a bad choice, party. but I don't know if it's going to actually move the needle. <laughs> yeah. uh, the thing, I think, I, I maintain that the, the the model to use for this is Game Pass. Yeah. Like, local installs are always going to be preferable to streaming game interactive content. Absolutely. Like, it just does not work properly unless you find a way around the speed of light. And judging by that, you know, we just had a paper published that finds that maybe time travel is possible and would self-correct for things you change in the past. So if you can figure that out, maybe you can figure out game streaming that goes back in time to before <laughs> when you input the controller action and then self-correct to which what direction you're going you put to do. There, there's, your, there's your fucking streaming solution, folks. <laughs> it's AI, Matt. Hey, the bots are going to be able to do it, Matt. Yeah, you know, <laughs> hey. Time-traveling quantum computing could make game streaming fi- feasible, but until then, get out of my living room. If they can beat me at pre-ordering a PS5, they can definitely do that content. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Can you use a little time travel for some pre-order next time around for the new systems? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think maybe one thing you may wonder is, well, you know, Amazon with all these resources and literally like the biggest backbone in the world for networking. Maybe yeah. they have an advantage. They don't though. They really have. There's nothing that Amazon is doing or can do that's going to change the latency issues that you have with Mm -hmm. Stadia and the other services. There's just not. No, and it's also another, like, who's naming these things? Luna? What the hell does that tell me about? It's some kind of a pill you take to go to sleep. It does. It sounds like some kind of sleep aid. It sounds like Lunesta. That's oh, right. what it reminds me of. And like, and same with, you know, Stadia. What the hell is Stadia? Like, that, that doesn't tell you anything. It's the, the names are terrible. Yeah. Well, you, you Series know, X well doesn't help either. Don't but ultimately like, don't matter that much. When it sure, but like when you're talking about a service that you'd have to, ex- if you're talking about a new console, everyone understands what a new console is, even if it's stupid, stupidly named. But Luna, it's like, well, why, why did you call the game streaming service? Why did you name it after the moon? Like I don't get it. Like I don't. I don't know what you're trying to convey. Maybe they're with aiming that. for the moon. They're shooting for the moon. With maybe the moon. I, that honestly might be it. <laughs> it like, maybe something that's stupid. like maybe someone is like, oh, it's just kind of a pie in the sky idea. Luna. Okay. Well, yeah. Like sure. A terrifying beauty, Matt. That's all I got. Yeah. Say. Terrifying beauty. Not to be confused with destroyed beauty. That's yeah, Gears exactly. of War. Well, that was Gears, right? Yeah. That was Gears of War. The original Gears. Uh, that was Cliffy's original Gears that's pitch. Right. Was destroyed beauty. Yep. There you go. And now it's in Resident Evil Village. Uh, so Matt, you're predicting that this is going to flop just like Stadia's flopped. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this is, has any, anything. I'd agree. I just, there's no, again, there's no, I mean, good job Packer for predicting it, but <laughs> yeah, he didn't say anything about it being successful. He didn't, he didn't say it was going to be successful at all. The problem is it has no unique selling proposition other than no. Ubisoft. And it's like, is Ubisoft not on Stadia? It is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so you can get Assassin's Creed Odyssey on Stadia anyway. Yeah, so I, it's I know like that. Now, day and date, that's something for Luna. But that's sure. not going to move the needle. It's not going to convince people to just like. No, the only thing like, look, and- I'll sign up for a Stadia account if you ever get me a Jade Raymond game yeah. to play that yeah, I can't we'll play anywhere else. And I'll sign up for um, a month and then I'll leave. Right. <laughs> that's the way it's going to go. Until you have other games that I'm interested in playing. Just, and look, just like I did with CBS All Access yeah. for Picard. Like that, you right, know, that's. Right. 
And all like you got. I did with Disney Plus for The Mandalorian. Like I, yeah, I, I got it for a month. I binged it and I was out. Like that's and, and you'll be works. and you'll be back next month. You're right for Absolutely Mandalorian will. season two. Yep. And I'll give him enough money for another month and then I'll move on. Well, I guess not because you'll you'll wait for the whole thing to be out. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I, that's what I did with the first one too. Is I wait. Yeah. For so just you'll the, be back in December. Yep. Exactly. And that's how it works. That's the new economy. You, it's all a cart. You jump in when you want something. You jump out when you're done, and it's a yeah. Well, because for that to stay with me, I still have my Disney Plus uh, subscription. Uh, partly because I do use it regularly to watch various things, but also because I bought that three year deal when oh, they right. were you know in the run up, where I was yep. like, oh, that's way cheaper. Yeah, so I just get that. So I'm stuck with it. But like, <laughs> um, but I like it. I like Disney. Cheap, but, though. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, I would keep the subscription if it was month to month. You would. Um, but I would not for something like CBS All Access or, yeah, or uh, Peacock or. Peacock, oh, Peacock! I wouldn't even know. Yeah. I, no, I mean, there's so it. many now. There's, it's, you can't even keep track of them anymore, and that's another problem. Is that? It's yeah, just and how service. many? Who can you even know is going to be like DC Universe? Like you know, did their? I mean, they've been around for a couple of years, but they did their big push with you know all the you know all the new stuff and the, the new shows mm-hmm. early on, and like now they're all getting rid of the video content basically, and it's just going to be a comic book service. And I'm like, that's cool, but I already own tons of comic books. I don't need. Yeah, I don't need that. But so look, the, the bottom line is that you're you never know it's going to be gone next month. Basically, you're competing with all these services, though. Even though you know DC Universe is all films and animation or whatever, and Luna is video games, it's still six dollars a month, eight dollars mm-hmm. a month, ten dollars. It's the same as supporting us on Patreon. You decide I'm okay spending four dollars a month to get all the content from Sifted. I enjoy it. It's worth the four bucks to me, and I want it to keep coming. It's the same thing. You're always looking at what services do I subscribe to? How many am I at now? Am I starting yeah. to get to where I have like 50 and there's like too many? Like, I'm always thinking about that now. It's something I never even had to consider even two years and ago. And like, all of a sudden, you're paying more than you were paying for cable. Yeah. Like, I will say this I have been very cognizant of that. So um, I did drop DirecTV, and then I got YouTube TV. And anytime I go to ads, like, they just got the NFL Red Zone channel on YouTube TV and they bundled it in with these other sports channels so you have to pay 10 bucks a month to get the Red Zone channel which is fine mm-hmm. because football season lasts 3 months I'll pay for it for 3 months and then I'll drop it um but again you're right though like it's very easy as you start adding this stuff up it's like okay I have HBO Max that's an extra $13 so now I'm up to $23 a month on top of what I'm paying for YouTube TV which it's starting to creep back to where I was with DirecTV, but it is still like $50 cheaper. So I hear you. It is very easy to be like, I cut the cord. I'm saving all this money. And you start tacking all this stuff onto it. You end up paying more than you were before. So I'm very cognizant of it, particularly with YouTube TV and DirecTV, because I avoided getting rid of DirecTV for fear that I would do that. So I am definitely keeping an eye on it. Uh, But it's look, Luna, it's another service that people are going to have to say, yeah, I'm okay with that thing taking another $6 a month out of my off my credit card. I just think it's a hard sell. There's no unique selling proposition. I do agree with you. I think it'll last longer, probably even than Stadia, because mm-hmm. I don't think – what reason would Amazon have to pull it? There's just no reason. Um, as long as it's generating enough revenue so it's not losing a ton of money, it'll be there. So I would also say that you know people are concerned about – getting a game on Stadia, and then having it become dust in the wind because the service goes away, I'll say this, I would feel a lot more comfortable getting that game from Amazon than Stadia. Yeah, but I'm still never going to do it. I wouldn't either, because... but I wouldn't, I'm not as apprehensive about 
Luna as I am Stadia. I feel like Amazon <clears throat> will do me a solid if the service shuts down in some way. And I'm not convinced. Yeah, it would not shock me if like Amazon, if they shut down, we're just like, okay, so we're just going to add digital codes to all the games right. you bought here's onto just, your Amazon account. all the games and, that you had on our service. Here's yeah. the codes to download them for your platform or whatever. Yeah, I, I have more faith. That Amazon will do that than Google. I don't know if that's yeah, but misguided, I'm still never, but I do feel I'm, that way. I'm still never going to buy a, a streaming game because that's stupid. Like you're, little, I mean, if you think buying digital is stupid, buying streaming is triple stupid. Like the, like you're not even getting the install. Like you, you know, at least if, if PSN suddenly went away tomorrow, every game I have installed on my PS4, I could still play. Yep, totally that's true. not true of anything you buy from Stadia or Luna. Like it's. Which is why I think Luna doing the Luna Plus thing where you sort of got a Game Pass situation except with no install, that makes more sense. Um, but again, why wouldn't I just get Game Pass? Yeah. Um, like, you know, good on them for like Ubisoft being part of that. And especially if like Ubisoft is giving you the day one <laughs> ultimate edition, like, because that's like 100, 110 bucks. Right. So like, you're yeah. saving that much. That's pretty good. But yeah, you're still playing it in, in what I would call an, an inferior way. Uh, with no real control over it. And I, I will always maintain that the game streaming thing is an attempt by the big name publishers and corporations to try to have more control over your uh, your gaming habits and your gaming library than anyone should be giving up. Like, I don't, I don't get into the whole gamers rise up freedom of whatever shit very often, but like this is giving up control from the consumer that benefits the consumer in no way whatsoever. Like it, this is not for us. This is for the big corporations who want to have more control over what we do and what we play and, and data on how we play it so they can exploit us in other ways and get more money out of us. And there is no pro-consumer element to game streaming to me. Now, Ubi they were they were smart in choosing their partner because most of Ubisoft's big games are single player. So mm -hmm. they're not a big mm -hmm. multiplayer developer. They have Siege and some stuff like that. But for the most part, they make really good single player games. So in that way, it's a good fit. But I hear you, man. Like, it's yeah. hard to invest any kind of money in any of these services in my opinion you know what we haven't seen in a while that rainbow six zombie game oh yeah quarantine yeah, it disappeared yeah it looked bad it did <laughs> so maybe they're reworking it i'll say this too for ubisoft it doesn't just give up on stuff like sometimes stuff will disappear no. for a couple years and then it'll resurface like i hope, they haven't, up, I hope they haven't given up on beyond good and evil too even even though all that ancel stuff happened yeah i don't think they will i mean they said that it's still full steam ahead so it sounds yeah. like the problem was that he wasn't involved with it enough anyway and then he would show up and try to be too involved it's like mm -hmm. he wouldn't work with the team for like six months then he'd show up for a meeting and be like, oh, all this stuff you guys are doing is wrong, and it's all <laughs> going to be cut, and you need to do it over, and I'll see you in another six months. And, like, I could see where that would be. Yeah, very... that would be – I can see why that would happen. Yep, totally. Uh, so, anyway, that's Amazon's Luna. We don't have a release date for it yet. Uh, my guess is probably early 2021, but we will see. Next up. The only game worth playing this week, the only new game worth playing anyway, and I didn't even play it, but thank God Matt yeah. Kyle did, uh, is Genshin Impact. It is a – well, you know what, Matt? I'm going to let you describe it because mm -hmm. you've actually been playing it. I've been writing blurbs for this game on Sifted for like two years. I'll just let you take it away. So Genshin Impact is a, a Chinese game. Uh, it's a free-to-play Open world single player RPG action RPG, um, which is weird. And, which is weird. Yeah, this Let's like just say that right out of the gate. That's weird. Yeah, like there there would be 
there's very little difference between this and like say kingdoms of amalur um in terms of like content size what the kind of game it is like it's bizarre i've been playing so i've played this game probably i would say close to 10 hours at this point okay and it is bizarre to me that this game is free it like, i mean just look first of all free to play single player action yeah. rpg those that's three terms that like never ever go yeah together. you don't see that go together much and so the so the microtransaction element is there's a gotcha system uh, uh oh, basically basically a loot like a loot box system toys yeah um so yeah capsule toys so so the way it works is you have a party of four characters you start as one character so that the very opening there's these two there's a brother and sister like angel they seem to be and they get in a fight with this god uh who uses her powers to basically make one of the siblings vanish and you pick which sibling you want to play as and the other sibling you don't pick vanishes and then you get hit with the thing that basically makes you lose your angelly powers and you can't warp between realities anymore so you're stranded in this world okay and it and the the game picks up two months later where you've met this weird little floating girl named paimon who is sort of like a little sprite kind of fairy creature um who's your friend and she also is sort of your She's sort of the 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 navi of of this game. You know, she's she she <laughs> she's provides exposition. She like you know has like things to say about everything, etc. Um, she's sort of the it, you know, she's the in universe explanation for what the menu is, mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, and she sort of introduces your character to the world and sort of brings you where you need to get to in the early parts of the game. And then you get introduced to new characters, and those characters join you. And eventually what you can do is use the D-pad to switch between the four characters whenever you want. Okay. And those characters, each character tends to have a different, use a different weapon. So like you start with a sword, but there's a character that has a bow early on and she's got fire power. So your, your character that you start with has wind power. Mm -hmm. The new kids for second character you get is a, is an archer who has fire power. So she can set things on fire. She can burn uh, vines off of chests. She can, uh, blow barrels up if she shoots them, that kind of thing. Um, and then you later you get a you get a character, another sword character, but he has ice power, so he can freeze water, so you can walk across it, or he can turn, uh, he can freeze, uh, use this fire power to basically uh, turn off the fire on flame-based enemies. Uh, put them out so you can go close to them and attack them without getting hit by the fire. Um, there's a lot of element interaction in the game. So like if you in get general. wet and then you get hit by electricity, you cause like electricity to spark out and hit everything around you. And you can do that to enemies as well. Um, if you hit, uh, if you hit water with, with uh, fire, it turns into steam and that can cause things to happen. Huh. Um, like there's interactions between the elements all over the place. And the trick to building your party is having characters with the different elements you need for whatever dungeon or whatever thing you're on. So the trick is you get, a, you get a, a pretty respectable group of characters just playing the story, but there's like 20 other characters you, you can get through uh, the loot box thing. The, the gotcha thing. Uh -huh. So you basically, if you and you can buy either, you can get either one one spin. They're called wishes. So you can get one wish, or you can buy the wishes in groups of ten. And usually, a group of ten wishes is guaranteed to have a four star or better thing in it, which is usually a new character. Okay. Um, and how much is the, that though in real money? 
I don't know because I have not needed to spend any fucking money on this game yet because they are so damn generous with all the shit they give you. Wow. I because I so I've bought um I've gotten one, two, three, four, five, ten wish things, and I haven't spent any money on this. Wow. I've just I've just gotten enough crystals that you can convert into the currency you need to convert into to, to get them. <laughs> and I have I so I have like eight characters now. I have more characters than I can use at once. Uh, of all different elements, should I need them? And like, I feel like I'm pretty good. I feel like I'm pretty set with whatever I might run into with the game right now. And by the time I run into something that might be a needed different element, I feel like I'll have enough crystals to do another thing for free. And so, so far, I have had no no prompting really to do that. And like, How and also the game work? never the game never like because who cares bugs about cosmetics, about right? Because you're not playing. With no, other real yeah. people, there's no, there's no cosmetic stuff. It's just it, it, all the. I mean, there might be in other, but like you know, they rotate. Which you know, it's like that Fire Emblem thing where like on mobile, where like you get different different wishes groups. You know, you get the little things like, oh, you can get this character, this character, or this weapon in this if you're lucky or whatever. Uh -huh. And so those rotate in and out after a few days or whatever. And um, and like so, so far it's been all weapons and characters. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not multiplayer. So like, it doesn't matter. And then, and then even though you get a bunch of weapons and stuff that you already have or are weaker than what you already have, the way the leveling works is like a mobile game in that you don't level up through, um, killing enemies and completing quests. Um, there's two level, level systems actually. Money. <laughs> no, you level, you level up by getting other weapons you don't need or items you find in the world that are like, you know, upgrade equipment. And then you just like, or, or like little books you find that are supposed to be experience books, which by the way, just off of downloading the game, starting the game and getting all these welcome. Thank you for playing this in the first week, like bonuses they've sent me through the little mail system in the game. I have 185 experience upgrade books I can use on these characters. All my characters are already level 20 and ready to be ascended to the next round of levels. So like the way wow. it works is there's like, I think there's five or six levels of 20 levels each. So once you level something up to level 20, you then have to get like a special item for a certain go. like area to, to ascend up to the next level. And then you can level up to 40. Uh, but I haven't progressed enough to get to the part of the world that lets you get those items yet. Um, so that's kind of the level gate on that. But like, so it, it's very generous in terms of what you need to put in to get these, the, the, the characters level up like that, the weapons level up like that, and the accessories level up like that. But I have, I am drowning in upgrade equipment. How like are it's, they it, there's make money on this game. Where, I don't know, but apparently it does. It's, somebody might spend money on it. I mean, I guess if you really want a specific character, because some characters are considered more desirable than others, by the, you know, are there, are there than, huge differences between the characters? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the special moves make a difference, and then the more you get, they have these things, there's a thing called constellations, and you can upgrade, use the constellation unlocks to basically um, upgrade your the character's abilities in pretty powerful ways, and one of the ways to upgrade the constellations is to get a duplicate of the character from a from a, a gacha role. So if you get a character you've already gotten, that can unlock part of the constellation on them, and then like that's a can be a pretty significant update for that character. I haven't actually unlocked that part yet because I'm not far enough. So the other so those that's how you level up the characters. The way the gating for the story and for the world is actually um, what's called the adventure level. So the adventure level, the levels on the characters are individual to each character. The adventure level is like an overall rating of everything you've done in the game so far. Like so early on, level. you'll 
Sort of, yeah. So like early on, you'll do a uh, you'll do some quests to sort of introduce you to the basics of the game, make you run the first few dungeons you've seen, teach you how the element interaction stuff works, and that kind of thing. And then it'll say, okay, the next story quest you need to be adventure level ten to 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 play, and you're going to be at like adventure level six or seven. Mm. So you got to level up your adventure level. And the way you do that is you go around the world and you discover new places, or you kill various enemies, or you uh, complete side quests, or basically you play you know you play open world action RPG stuff. That's how you level up that thing. And there's other things where like if you find there's a collectible. With it, which has a weird fantasy bullshit name that I can't remember, but they're basically little glowing blue things. Mm-hmm. And if you collect them, you bring them to these like seven gods, uh, seven spirits temples or something. You you can level up those 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 towers, and they give you stamina upgrades and various other items. And they also kind of upgrade the area around you, so they kind of, kind of how the game keeps track of how powerful you are a little oh, bit. Okay. Um, and you can, there's also world levels. You eventually can upgrade the world level, which makes everything in the world harder to kind of keep up with your, with your adventure level and your character's levels. Um, so that's how they kind of gate that. So they sort of, so basically you kind of get to an area and you complete the story stuff that took you to that area. And then they're like, okay, you gotta be adventure level, whatever for this. And then that encourages you to go out and explore the area and do side stuff around the area until you're, you've leveled up the adventure level to the point that you can go back to the story. Mm. Um, it's, it works pretty well, and I don't. It, it's not grindy enough to be annoying. Like so far, like it's been a pretty, it's been a pretty um, gentle curve in terms what of like, okay, I'll go look like? around. I mean, is it like Zelda? It looks like Zelda. It is. It is. I mean, it's very inspired by Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, visually, I mean, visually, it's very, very, very anime. Like it looks very Tales of. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think ta- the Tales yeah. games are the closest comparison I would yeah. make, like art style wise. But the world is very Breath of the Wild inspired. There is a climbing system, so you can climb just about uh. anything, and your and your stamina does indeed go down. Oh, and you have the, no. the leap, you know, you have the leap up that takes more stamina off. Like it's exactly Who like Breath of the Wild. Who was trying to tell me this wasn't a Breath of the Wild clone? Was it someone in I don't chat know, but, I don't know, but they're wrong. One time. Um, I mean, there's not a it's not a straight Breath of the Wild clone because it's much more of an RPG kind of thing. There's all these weird interlocking systems, and this upgrades this, and that I upgrades this. I think someone this, tried to this. say because there's a party in the game, it can't be like Breath yeah. of the Wild. I mean, you can switch between them at all times, but they're all effectively, in terms of exploring the world, effectively the same character except for their elemental attacks. Um, so, and and that also is very reminiscent where you're collecting the things that upgrade those spirit temp- spirit towers. Uh, those are all. That's very reminiscent of Breath of the Wild because I mean, you're climbing Matt, trees the and you're, you're gl- that you've been using while talking about. Right. These, it's all the same terms that we would use to describe. And like, Breath I mean, the there's there's more story. There's actual characters. There's a world that feels like it's lived in by actual cities and villages and people. Like it's it's not as barren as Breath of the Wild's world is because I know everyone talks about how Breath of the Wild is the most bar- vividly realized. What is like? No, it's an no. empty piece. Of- <laughs> There's nothing there. Like, what's over the next? What's over the next hill? Nothing. More nothing trees is over the and next rocks. Hill. Four trees and four hundred Korok seeds. And, and, there's nothing there. Yeah, and re, um, so, and reuse but there's that, you know, but climbing around, and also you have a glider. You do. You, you, you early on, they give you, well. you give you a glider, so you you know exactly the same. You, you have wings that like fold out and you glide around. Uh-huh. Um, but it's exactly the same. The traversal is very very similar, except you do not have a horse so far. Um, it's coming. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I, I, they haven't hinted at any mounts yet, but it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if it's in there. It's a big game. Are you enjoying um, playing the game? Because, I am. Look, like you're, you don't have to the, tell the people to buy is, it. It's free, so <laughs> the combat is pretty simple. Um, it's just one. It's just the circle button. Uh, uh, it does like a basic combo, and then if you hold the circle button, you get a stronger move as part of the end of the combo. 
uh, and then you hit R2, and that's your sort of elemental attack, which has a cooldown, and then you, if you build up energy, you hit triangle, and you do like a super move, basically. So it's pretty simple. It's not, especially if you're upgrading regularly, you are probably not going to run into a ton of combat difficulty outside of a couple of bosses. Uh, you do have to know which character to use for a certain boss. Like you run in, I did run into a boss at one point that basically I could have hacked away at his ankles for the whole time, but uh -huh. switching to the archer let me shoot the guy in the face which then made him stunned, so I could shoot him in the back of the other weak spot, and then he fell over, which let me switch to the sword guy and hack away at the weak I like spot. That. I that like games to that do that. that, though, that make you flip through yeah. your party depending on the different stages of the enemy. I enjoy yeah, that. there's plenty of that, and there is, you know, it's not as, as, the physics and everything is not as detailed as how Breath of the Wild does it. Like, like you it's, can't it's, build, like, a, a flying no. ship out of, like, three it's, leaves and an acorn. <laughs> no, it's it's much <laughs> stiffer. It's, it's much more regimented and stiffer. Even just the way you run around, is it feels stiffer than how Link feels in that game. But it does have a similar thing where, like, if you're in a dungeon and you want to just run in and hack everybody to death, you can do that. Or if you understand the element system, there's going to be items around in the dungeon that are like, oh, instead of just running in and killing things, I could switch to the archer, blow that up, and then it, when everyone's on fire, I could hit them with the water water girl, and they're going to steam up, and the steam's going to hurt everybody, and like that, you can you, wow. know, you can play with that a little <laughs> That's bit. That's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, there's things where like you can you know there's there's puzzles you run into in the world where like okay there's a there's one of those collectibles you need to upgrade the spirit towers is like up in the air. I'm like, oh, how do I get to that? Well, obviously, you need to, you, you know, the most obvious thing would be to do, use an air current, you know, to pop up. Oh, there's no air current here. But then you find these little whirlwinds. And this area, these areas, you'll find like they have three little whirlwinds. And we walk through the <laughs> it whirlwind. It's a lot like Breath of the Wild. When you walk, I don't remember anything like this in Breath of the Wild, really, but Just it's, it's like more of a puzzle solving thing. There's the, a lot of wind the in it. The glider, yeah, like everything. Yeah. It is. It's not. It's not a Breath of the Wild clone in the sense that that's all there is to it. But there is there is definite influence, and you can tell that that was a big inspiration for the main hook of the game. And they've they've you know in the same way that the, the wind is a big factor, and also the other elements. I mean, Zelda doesn't really lean on elements, but you can do that thing where like you can play with the fire on the on the arrows and set this on fire, yeah. and that causes that to blow up. And it, it's I mean, that it sort does of chain play reaction with the elements, thing, just not yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah, this one is much more, you know, very literal, literal about, about the, you know, this, yeah. this this character uses lightning. So if you're in the water, the water and you use her, right like out. it'll yeah. electrify everybody. And, then, you know, it's like this guy's that snows. kind of thing Stay happens all fire. the time. <laughs> I get it. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It's um. so there you go. So so that's sort of how that works, except it's more of a standard action RPG, JRPG. Like I. Like, are there yeah, hit points that, like, pop up over enemy hit, heads and all that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's tons of hit points. Stuff pops up and damage points and this and okay. all that. Um, you can, you know, all, all your equipment can have, like, various ability things. If you stack this and that, like, I have an ability because I have certain things equipped that every time I open a treasure chest, I get 30% of my life back hmm. um, and stuff That's like that. Nice so there's book. a lot of things like that. <laughs> Um, it's not very difficult. Like I certainly wouldn't call it hard at this point. Um, maybe it gets harder later. There are elements, areas I've wandered into where they, where it's like, you are not ready yet. And it's like, okay, okay I'm, everybody's level 16 and I'm level seven. I'll go back over here. Um, but like, it's pretty good. Like for nothing, for nothing. It's free. Like, it's, it's it's free. Uh, Matt, like it's is this like, available for PC and PS4 right now? Is that right? PC and PS4 and... Switch um, is coming, right? It's Switch not is coming, and I want to say, like, I think you can get it for phones. I think it's oh, available okay. on iOS and Android, maybe, or maybe that's coming soon. Okay. And, and everything... Um, PS4 is not, but everything else is cross-save. Oh. 
Um, so if you play on PC, you can then play your same character and save on like other platforms, as far as I know. Okay. But I th- I don't think PS4 supports that yet because Sony. Yep. Um, Although they've gotten better, but I am playing on PS4 uh, just because it's more convenient for me. But like, I, if you have the wherewithal and spend more time near your computer than I do, uh, I would say probably PC is the way to go on this one. Also because the menu interfaces on PS4 are a little they're a little awkward. And I think you, know, you can definitely feel that these menus were made for mice. And, um, you, you know, it's functional on a controller, but not it's not quite there. It's like a couple times, still a couple times, they're like, oh, the, the D-pad doesn't do that, but the analog stick does do that in the menus. And this, so and instead of using the analog stick, I accidentally used the D-pad because I prefer to use the D-pad in menus. And that made me select this <laughs> other thing. So now I'm out of the menu. And now i got to cancel out of that. But now it reset where those cursors. So i got to use the, D, the analog stick to go back then. <laughs> now I'm tired. And I'm just going to go play Mortal Kombat. Um, <laughs> so it's that kind of thing. It's, it's stiff. It can be stiff. It can be awkward. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's not free, though. But free, it's free. It's free, and it's like... <laughs> It feels almost, you know, there's moments where it feels like as ambitious as like a Japanese Skyrim in places yeah. in terms of in terms of how big the world is and in terms of how much stuff there is to explore. Um, it's very relaxing. I, that's one thing I, was, I would say. It's a very relaxing game. Like it doesn't feel like it's trying to kill you much. It feels like you can go out, explore stuff, see things, fight a few enemies, like see a new thing, activate a new fast travel point and go back to town and, and, and get some, buy some, you know, cook some food and get your hit points back. And like there's... Sounds like an RPG. Fun. <laughs> like, it's fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm not going to call it any kind of game of the year candidate, but it's free. Like, yeah. I, I would I would not have been unhappy if I'd paid 60 bucks for this. Wow. Like, it's a full... That's I, the I would best call statement it, you could make. Yeah. I would call this a full full price game. Wow. If, if, if you sold it on a disc, There basically. you go. Go download um, it, people. Just it's go free. try it. It's you got free. nothing to lose. PS4, PC. And it's only, like, 17 gigs. It's not even a long download. Yeah. Like, it's... Pretty good. So there you go. PS4, PC, coming to Switch, coming to iOS and Android. Um, but I think most of you have either one of those two things. Uh, get playing, and maybe we'll see you guys. Well, you won't see anyone online because it's not even online. No, there's nobody. There is co-op. You can do co-op in it. How many but I players done that with yet. all four of your I think members? it's I think it's four people probably, That's yeah. That's cool. But one I don't those know. those combos I, with your teammates, fun. And actually, I don't even know if it's your teammates or if everyone still gets to switch between their characters, but you're just playing a dungeon together. I haven't gotten far enough to really do much of that yet. There's a bunch of things in the game that are clearly not open yet to me, even though I'm like 10, 15 hours in. Um, it, it, because the idea is they want you to keep playing for a very, very long time. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've, I've done some dungeons that like at the beginning of the dungeon, you set your party up to go in and like it shows the various versions of the dungeon to be done. And some of them are like levels so far beyond me They're that like, like I'm like, okay, so it. I'll be, you'll be coming back to all these and doing harder and harder versions of these things later on. So there's, there's, there's a lot to do if you, if you happen to like what you're doing. Awesome. Uh, all right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about. What I would say is prob- maybe the biggest remake ever announced if it actually comes to fruition. And this week, it leaked out that Metal Gear Solid is being remade exclusively for PlayStation 5. Um, this You guys are probably wondering, like, what? Konami doesn't even make games anymore, Shane. Well, they do, actually. They just announced at Tokyo Game Show that they're making a new console game themselves, which is based on a manga, and it looks it doesn't look great. But the bottom line is they're making a console game, which is a big deal for Konami. Well, it looks like they're also swinging some deals. 
Um, it looks like it's been working with Sony to remake Metal Gear Solid, and not only that, it would not be remade by Konami, which is what's most important. It would be a team that Sony decides to assign the game to. Um, so Sony would have complete <laughs> all, control. All across Sony's first-party world. Not it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think a lot of studios might be excited to remake this game. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to. For two reasons. One, all you're going to get is bullshit from the Metal Gear fan base, just like Twin Snakes got. <laughs> anything you do that's even slightly different is going to get hated on for the rest of existence. And two, hot take can we move on from Metal Gear yet? No. Can we just walk away from that god-awful series, it's please? It's still too legendary. Like, the first one's still too legendary. Metal Gear Solid is my is probably the best one it in the is. series. It's the best one, but like, hands down. But I do you really think you're going to improve on it? Like, Who's going to improve on, on what that was? It was a moment in time. Let it go. All right, Matt. Now, here is my question for you. Do you think that Kojima is going to handle the Metal Gear Solid remake? Because... They're looking for a studio. Death Stranding didn't sell very well. What do you think? I don't think so. I, no? I think he wants to. I think he wants to do his new stupid things and not his old stupid things. <laughs> um, what if he's, he's not already, given a choice? Well, I don't know who would not give him that choice. He's got his own studio. He can do whatever he wants. Right. I mean, he might not be financially successful. There's no guarantee this will be financially successful either. I mean, and I, I think really. If it's good, I feel like nobody guaranteed. in that. I feel like nobody in that. The equation wants to work with the other again. So, but what if Sony is like the middleman and they don't have to deal with Konami at all? What do you need him for? Would be my question. Like the game already exists, just make it again. Like who cares? Because, like, it, well, I think with new hardware, you could do new tricks, new cool things. Um, and maybe you know, maybe it becomes more than a remaster; it becomes a remake. Yeah, I mean, I think it inevitably is that because otherwise you're just going to have a really, really overly high res PS1 model with no eyes. But like, I don't know. I don't, I don't see what would be there that Kojima would have any interest in, and I don't see any way that anyone could basically strong arm him into working on it if he didn't want to. Um, I think Kojima would probably have more interest in going back and finishing Metal Gear Solid 5. You're probably right. He'd probably um, be like, can I finish up 5 first? <laughs> yeah. And assuming assuming a lot of the ideas from that didn't end up in Death Stranding, because there is some some parallels in places. For sure, yep. Um, or any of the other games that he's made. I mean... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see him being involved beyond, like, doing some kind of, like, James, thing James Cameron did with Terminator Dark Fate and just being like, I approve kind of right. thing. Yeah, like that's I think that's all you'll get out of him. He's he's moved on and I don't blame him. Like it's like it, it, it I also like to him like I I can't believe you wouldn't feel like you're taking steps backwards by going back to a game from 22 years ago at this point. Like I just feel like that's not in his interest right now. Do you, um, do you it's think possible like you could throw money at him and make sure he endorses it or put his name at, at the top or something but like at the same time does Konami even want that like Konami doesn't like him very much so here's my next question what if PlayStation were to buy the IP do you think then that he would be interested in working on it again or do you think he just is just over it period I think he would only be interested if Sony basically gave him complete free reign to reinvent it however he wanted yeah like just like make Metal Gear Solid Six or whatever, but do whatever the hell you want. Do anything you want. Just make sure it's called Metal Gear Solid yeah. Six, so we can sell some of them. Unlike Death Stranding. 
Either that or like, I don't know, like start the series over again with like, you know, a Metal Gear Solid 1, but like with modern sense of, you know, like what would Metal Gear Solid 1 be like if you made it from scratch in 2021? You know, like the Cold War isn't happening anymore. Although if you you have a snake that, (laughs) yeah, like imagine like a snake that grew up, you know, with tech. Imagine if, if Solid Snake was born in 1990. He grew up with the you know? the internet. Grew yeah. up with a, yeah. If he basically you, I mean, basically that's Raiden, right? Like yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, that's gr- grew up in the, the brainwashed video game soldier generation, right? <laughs> right? That's what that's what Metal Gear Solid Two was about. Yeah. Um, Ironically. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm sure that's the thing is, like, I'm sure Kojima has, has stories of a similar bent to tell, but I don't know if you need Metal Gear Solid to do that. Yeah, you, you know. Don't. Um, it would just guarantee financial, or, or I wouldn't say guarantee, but it would help ensure financial success for it. Maybe. I I, I don't know. Like, I feel like Kojima's stuff is going to be trapped in that three to four million copy limbo, no matter what you do. Um, Metal Gear, I mean, Metal Gear Solid was a, it was a hit back in the day, but it has never been like a modern day hit. You know, Metal Gear Solid 5 sold well, but it didn't sell like Spider-Man well. So I don't know. I like Metal I don't Gear know. Solid three sold pretty well. Three did, but like three selling well for the day of three is not different. selling well today. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's the, the, the industry blockbuster is just back then was so much bigger. Six million. Now it's yeah. I mean, what is a blockbuster now? Twenty five. I would say fifteen. Cross 15? the fifteen marker. Like, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, Battlefront. The first Battlefront when Force Awakens was so hot so, sold fifteen million copies. Yeah, and that was pretty much beyond anything anyone ever thought. And it was also the highest selling Star Wars game of all time. Yep. Um, so, I think like once you cross ten million, you're in bro- you're in blockbuster territory. Anything beyond that is you know you know except for like GTA Five, but GTA Five is some kind of weird you know weird outside the timeline aberration like you can't compare anything to gta 5 it's just like a weird is gta 5 and minecraft exist in their own planes of reality everything else is kind of <laughs> aiming for 10 million at, at, at best yeah that's true um so do you think you don't think a remake of the first metal gear would do well i mean i think it'd probably do fine you don't um, think it would sell like 10 million no, really, not at all. Wow. I think five million if you're lucky. Wow, I think it would sell way more than that. No, Ten, I think I is a think stretch. So. Especially not, especially not exclusive to PS5. No, no, I mean, locked to locked to one system. Uh, maybe God two years in its selling. Spider Man did. God of War and Spider Man are way better games than Metal Gear Solid. They are. Hot take again. They like, are. I mean, I'm like, but do you think thing, most I, people think they are? Um, yes. I think most people do think they are outside of a hardcore group that can't get over 1998. Um, <laughs> it was that's, a good that's year. my thing. That's my thing. I mean, maybe you could make some kind of like Metal Gear thing that felt more modern, but like by definition, Metal Gear doesn't feel modern. Like yeah. that old, that, yeah, that game is very Part stuck it in its is, world. Like, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, and people are like, it's, that's why it's hilarious. When it's like, oh, keep politics out of video games. Like Metal Gear Solid is just one giant political <laughs> that's rant. That's all it is. Yeah. It always is. But Metal Gear Solid 1 in particular, like the, the, it ends with live action footage of nature while people rant at you about why nuclear shit's bad. Like yeah. it's, it, there's, <laughs> it's subtle as a linebacker in a ballet. Like it doesn't. I do wonder how it would go over now. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, it's, it's, um, it's always been cheesy, but like the presentation would have to be completely revamped. And at a certain point, if you revamp that game into something more naturalistic is what we expect from a modern day blockbuster video game. Is it Metal Gear anymore? It's like, like 
It's like without that John the... Carpenter B movie heightened <laughs> no, thing. Is, that, is, no. that, is it that anymore? Like, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's better. I don't know if it's worse. At that point, I worry. I'd worry that like the people that want something that isn't like Metal Gear aren't really interested in it because they don't think that that Metal Gear is going to deliver that. And the people who do love Metal Gear are going to be upset because it's not delivering the experience they want from Metal Gear. So you please nobody. Like that's that's my concern. Sort of like what happened with Twin Snakes. Like well, Twin it's Snakes. Kind of, it's another way to maybe compare it is how Rage Against the Machine. They're like a metal <laughs> punk hardcore band who disappeared for a really long time and became legends while they were gone. In fact, I used to go see Rage Against the Machine back when they existed with like three or four hundred people. Like that's how many mm-hmm. people would come to their shows. After they actually disbanded, they became way bigger than they ever were when they were actually a band. And now they've actually reformed. And the funny thing is that all these alt-right racist jerks who have listened to Rage Against the Machine all these years, because it just made them angry and got them like all revved up, right. have now realized that Rage Against the Machine hates them. And would like right. beat their asses if they ever saw well, them. In I mean, first. I've seen. And those now guys all of a sudden, they're like, "What do you mean, Rage Against the Machine hates? It? They've always hated you." Well, it's, it's, well just- it's very confusing to see those people like being like complete. It's like it's really disappointing to see Rage Against the Machine get political. And that's like, all they are. Did you, did you think <laughs> the machine they were raging against was the dishwasher? <laughs> like, what the hell? Have you listened to Killing I in the Name? They were fighting what? against their cars or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the lyrics of your favorite songs, people. It, it reminds me of like this one. We had this DJ on our college radio station that just never listened to what the songs were about. And he just played them based on what they sounded like. Oh. And at one point he's like, and he's like, we're going to play a real happy song for you. Here's Mr. Jones by Counting Crows. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like, that is not. I, no, that's, that's not, not what, what that, that is. Song's about. <laughs> but it is very similar. It's like people yeah. who have just kind of lived with this assumption for a very long period of time without actually examining meaning going right. back and like, playing the original metal gear it's solid like, dude, in 2020 you should you should probably really look at the lyrics of fire and rain before you keep singing <laughs> it to your children to put them to sleep at night that's all i'm saying <laughs> exactly um well look i am way i would be way more excited for a metal gear solid remake than you would be i would yeah. also be fully behind kojima helming it and i would be excited to see how he handles the stuff that's already in the game in 2020, but also what kind of cool stuff he could figure out to put in it um, that would work with current technology and connectivity in some way. And you're right. I feel like he probably has explored a lot of those ideas already in his other games, uh, but I would still like to see him at least try. Um, for I just I just hope, I mean, it might, it might happen, but like I just hope for his sake as just sort of a creative person, uh, that he can just move past. Yeah, Metal I don't Gear. want him. I like, don't want him to go back and work on something. Like I couldn't imagine going back and like trying to like launch X Play again or like yeah. any accomplishments that I've had throughout my life. Like I wouldn't want to do them again. Like you want to do something new. So I totally hear you on that. Um, like I, you might be right that he might end up kind of being either financially or socially pressured into doing it somehow. But like. I would rather see Kojima move on because that's the other thing is like if you just want to remake Metal Gear Solid 1, there are plenty of people who were 12 when that game came out who are now, you know, active, you know, professional career game developers who can definitely replicate or enhance what that game was without the in- the input of Kojima. 
Um, and also, as as we recall from the actual behind the scenes stuff that came out years later, uh, he didn't really have a whole lot to do with the gameplay in that game. Hey, like right. He basically wrote the story and said to the gameplay team, just come up with a bunch of mini games and mini bosses and call me when you're done. And that's all it was. And that's that's. I still remember back in the day on Usenet. It's just a series of confrontations. That's all. Yeah, it basically is. saying that like this game is just a mini game collection connected by long cutscenes, and I was roasted for that. Yeah. And then when they did the, the, I think it was Game Informer did a big like retrospective on it in a fifteen or twenty year anniversary or something. And the, the head gameplay designer was literally like, "Yeah, it's a collection of mini games we made to connect all his story <laughs> bits up." I'm like, "It's literally what I said in 1998 that everybody yelled at me about." But like, that's all that game, and that's why I like that one the best is yeah. because I think that hangs together the best yeah well it's not as heavy-handed either there's some no. levity to and it. also the, the like trick to doing it. it well the trick to doing it is mini games is everything feels different the fight against yeah. vulcan raven doesn't feel like the fight against sniper wolf which doesn't feel like the fight against psycho mantis and it's the repetition of the same gameplay systems that make the later ones a little more irritating to me and i would argue the, the last battles. metal gear game that really had that aesthetic was metal gear solid 3 i I agree in the sense that I've watched the boss battles, but I've never played them myself because I can't get anywhere. <laughs> yeah, because the rest of the game sucks. I fucking hate that. Talk game, about but an like, opinion that people don't agree with. Metal oh, yeah, Gear Solid Three Snake Eater sucks. I've I tried to get. It. I've tried to play Metal Gear Solid Three five or six times. I've never got more than an hour and a half in. I had to I review just, it for X Play. It was a disaster. It. it was a nightmare. I had to sit there in like the house of the PR person who was. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, it was awful, and she knew nothing about the game, and I got mm. stuck a few times, and I was just doing the same crap. Oh, oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah, it's is bleh. but Not like but I've favorites. seen like videos and stuff about you know the boss battles in that game, and yeah, I think you're right. Like those those are those are you know those boss battles don't seem like they're in the same game as yeah. the rest of the game. Like it's yep. so anyway, there you go. Metal Gear Solid remake possibly coming for PlayStation Five exclusively for PlayStation Five. Uh, this information also comes from reliable sources, so I wouldn't quite take it to the bank yet, but I think maybe you can start dreaming a little bit at least. Uh, next up. We're going to explain to you how to market a video game. Well, actually, we're not going to. Activision is going to show you how to market a video game because just a couple weeks ago, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War was announced with an announcement trailer after it actually had leaked and people kind of knew about it already. So we get the announcement trailer. They have a big presence in the PlayStation 5 showcase. And then the following weekend, the alpha launches, which I played. So I came on Game Face and talked about the debut trailer. Then I came on and I talked about the alpha that I played. And here I am again to talk to you for a third week in a row about Call of Duty Cold War because today they unveiled the zombies mode. And this is how you market a video game, people. You don't have to announce it three years beforehand and put out a trailer every 10 months and hope that people stay interested. You can announce games that end up selling in the tens of millions just a month and a half before they launch if you're smart with your marketing. And they are killing it with Cold War because they are giving us a reason, Game Face, any other gaming podcast, to talk about the game every week because they're they're announcing something substantial every single week. Now, I will say this. This might be the last week until they get to the beta that everyone's going to play in. Um, But look, they announced it. They've got three weeks of coverage out of Game Face, and it's probably going to happen on every other podcast as well. So Activision knows exactly what it's doing. And the good news is, I know you heard Shane, you're going to talk about the zombies. I hate the zombies. The zombies suck. I agree. I typically don't like zombies, and 
I play it because I have to to tell you what's in it, not because I really enjoy it. But you got to remember, Treyarch created the zombies mode. So every time a new Treyarch Call of Duty comes out, which Cold War is, you really kind of take a look at zombies to see where they're moving, and it's going to give you an inkling as to what's going on with it going forward. And once again, Treyarch has delivered. Uh, the zombies mode in this... It's it honestly when I watched the trailer for it, I got kind of the same vibe that I did the first time I saw the trailer for Warzone. You kind of realize, okay, this is different from what they've done before, um, and it's probably not going to be one of those difference like Traversal, where they give it to you and then they end up taking it away later because the changes that are coming to Zombies mode have actually made me interested in it for maybe the first time ever. Uh, first of all. It has an 80s theme. It's Black Ops Cold War. That's the 80s. So it has an 80s theme. It has a plot that runs all the way through it. And honestly, that's been a part of Zombies for quite a while now. Um, but it all takes place in Die Machine, which is a famous location from Call of Duty lore, um, which is basically this huge underground bunker that you end up having to investigate. Now, if you guys are, some of you guys may be into zombies. I'm not, but some of you may be. Black Ops 4 ended their zombie saga, and pretty definitively, the final cutscene really left very little to the imagination. Well, as it turns out, it, it did close out that story arc, and it's starting a brand new story arc for this, but there are going to be callbacks, and they're at the end of the presentation, they basically said, yeah, that story really wasn't over. So there's there's some kind of a connection between the last story arc and the new one, but it is starting all anew with all new characters and things like that, which should be a big deal for people who really like it. But the big the big changes really come from there. Plot, story, new plot, great. What, what changes about how it plays? First of all, they, they've completely kind of bucked what made zombies zombies. You don't start with a pistol anymore, which is crazy. That's what zombies is. You start with a little pea shooter. You kill your first couple zombies. You get some money. You upgrade, and you that's and off you go. And next thing you know, you have a freaking bazooka. This game, the way Cold War works is your progression unlocks things across the whole suite. And I've mentioned this before about the game. But here in Zombies, I think is where it makes its biggest impact because if you have unlocked any weapons or items or or attachments anywhere else in the game, you can use them in Zombies right out of the gate. So you don't have to use a pistol. You can start with an AK-47 in Zombies, which it's a little weird, to be honest with you. You start to wonder. You're like, okay, well, then how does it play out? Well, how it plays out is... The game isn't set in these like claustrophobic cabins or houses anymore. It's going outside, people. There, and when you go outside, it's not just like two zombies like beating on a plank trying to get in a window. There are dozens and dozens of zombies running at you, which means you need more firepower. And so, again, the rest of the suite comes into zombies. You can use score streaks, kill streaks on the zombies. You go outside and you build up your score streak and anything that you've unlocked and you've set up, you can fire off those score streaks on the zombies. It's a huge revelation. Just doing it outside instead of like, you know, there have been outdoor areas before, but typically it's like, here's a house. You can leave the house and then there's a fenced in yard that you can run around outside the house. These are wide open outdoor areas, big enough to use the score streak. So obviously you have to have a lot of terrain to make that work. Again, Completely flipping 
zombies on its head, which in my opinion is exactly what needed to be done. Um, what else? The story arc, you work for the CIA, but they were pretty they were pretty dodgy about the plot itself. They didn't want to give away too much, and I have a feeling that they don't want to because then it might help people figure out the connection to the prior story arc. That's just my guess. Uh, recovering intel is a major part of the storytelling, which for me translates to there aren't going to be a whole lot of cutscenes, but there's going to be a lot of stuff to read. Uh, that's what I always think whenever I hear that, you know, or I hear the word lore or intel or collectibles. Anytime they tell you that stuff helps tell the story, usually it means you're just going to be reading a lot of, like, dossiers <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, and as I said, the big progression overhaul, the fact that everything you do in Zombies, if you unlock stuff in Zombies, then you can take it into competitive multiplayer and use that stuff there as well. So it works both ways. Anything you unlock in any mode works in any other mode. And that is a huge, huge difference for Call of Duty in general. Um, any questions, Matt? Do you care about Zombies at all? No. I mean, that sounds pretty cool, but like, I just don't know anyone who really plays it much, and I've always found it a little irritating i guess like i like the idea i've never really liked how it it's plays too hard it's yeah. too hard it's if you play by yourself it's too damn hard that's all i gotta say like i have never enjoyed playing zombies by myself it's just irritating and you can never last that long i hear you and one of their big goals about this too was to make it more accessible so one of the ways they did that was by allowing you to use any unlocked weapon, attachment, or whatever in zombies. That's a big deal. You're not starting with a pistol anymore. But another way that they did it is they have this new thing called the expel system, meaning you can leave before you die and still keep some of the stuff that you've earned, which is huge because that's the other problem with zombies. It's like it's this commitment, and nine times out of ten you play it, and you really get nothing out of it, nothing of value really. Um, but in this one, you can actually choose to extract. Now, you can't just leave. You have to actually fight through a couple more waves of enemies, and they're tougher. So it's this yin and yang. It's like, well, I've got some cool stuff. I want to make sure I keep it, but I'm going to have to survive two tough waves before I can get out of here. I like that, too. I think it's great. Um, that's That was another thing that really turned me off to zombies was how much time and effort you commit to it and how little you would end up getting out of it when it was all said and done. So um, post here's another thing. All post-launch content, free. Now, I know you may be saying, Shane, they've been doing that in Call of Duty for a while. Treyarch hasn't. Uh, you had to pay for all the zombie stuff in The Last Black Ops. And this time, all free for everyone. Uh, they said they want to make sure that everyone has access to everything. Um, so that you can play with your friends uh, when it, whenever you want to, wherever you want to throughout the entire game suite. So <clears throat> I was not really high on Cold War at first. I'm warming up to it now. Uh, I'm starting to learn more about it, learn about the changes that they've made. Um, I am still really nervous that the game was incredibly unpolished at the alpha, and that's not going to go away until I play the beta. That's just the truth. So... I'll be waiting until then to kind of start formulating my opinion on the game. But what I'm hearing about it, not necessarily what I've played of it, but what I'm hearing about it, I really like so far. I may even actually care about zombies this time, and that is no small feat. So there you go. That's Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War Zombies Mode. Um, and it launches November 13th, I believe the game does. So not much longer to wait for that game either, about another five weeks. This is like really is the calm before the storm, Matt. <laughs> it's coming. And speaking of coming, and not that way, 
Final Fantasy 16. Rumors are flying that this game is like almost done, Matt. Um, it was rated by Peggy. It already has like an ESRB rating. That like never happens usually unless a game well, has already gone at least silver. Well, here's the thing. It has a provisional Peggy rating and that means literally nothing. Okay. Because so that doesn't mean that they experienced any part of the game at all. No. Okay. It just means they were submitted a list of things that are going to be in the game and they have given it what they think they will give it when they see the actual game. Because okay. we just went we just went through this. We just went through this with Starfield a few months ago where Starfield got a provisional Peggy rating. People oh, are like, oh I my God, is that. that is that going to happen? Is that coming sooner than we think? There was The second trailer for Ghost of Tsushima in October 2017 had a provisional Peggy rating on it. That game obviously came out three years later. I was not aware of um, this. I learned something. Doom, Doom Eternal had a provisional Peggy rating in his first trailer two years before it came out. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2, when it was first shown, had a provisional Peggy rating on the European version of the trailer. That came out two years later. Like, wow. it doesn't mean anything. I didn't know this. I never knew yeah. that at all. I learned something yeah. today. Peggy, Peggy <laughs> will do a thing. Yeah, ESRB doesn't rate things, and I think the Korean board doesn't rate things until they have it in their hand, but Peggy will give you a provisional rating of what they think they'll give you if you just submit, like, the stuff like that's in the game. Basically, the yeah. Um, well, they um, gave so it that an M rating, probably by what's the way. Happening here. <laughs> they gave it Yeah, that, that was the surprising thing to me, was an M rated... I mean, I'm sure that will change. Yeah, like, yeah. It'll know, be a team like when it comes out, but yeah, an M-rated Final Fantasy is not uh, <laughs> please not a thing. Yeah. Bring it on! I mean, I think it would go. It would be gigantic. I think if they had. An I mean, M-rated. I don't even know what that would be. Like, I'm very either. curious what what. I can't the even thing imagine is. what that would be. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, also, it's 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 Peggy, so it could be anything. Is like you know, violent. Some kind of weird violence thing is probably my guess. Like, there's something that's too bloody, or there's red blood that comes out of something the wrong way. Like. Yeah, you know, it's because that's that's what'll get you a, high, a harder rating in yep. Europe is violence, whereas we give harder ratings to sex because okay. we're a bunch of repressed Puritans. But um, it's, and Japan too, Japan's that way. Somewhat, and like you got you got the Germany green blood thing right. sometimes. Um, yeah. I don't know, like uh, the M rating thing is interesting. I'm sure that will change. Uh, you know, because I don't think Square wants an M rating, wants a, a Peggy 18 on this thing, um, just for the sake of you know, widespread sales. Uh, but uh, it's interesting that <laughs> whatever they're doing there got them something like that. You've kind of got my attention from that. Well, this information about, well, first, I agree with you, first of all. That, right. You know, the Peggy thing doesn't necessarily mean that it's coming soon. But the information that it's coming soon did come from a very reliable source. It, it came mm-hmm. from, uh, was it Schreier, I think, that shared that info? I didn't, I didn't see the origin of that. I saw, I saw people Ruff, talking about it. two guys who are who have a great reputation for reporting accurate things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look, if, if Final Fantasy 16 is out before the end of 2022, it will have been here faster <laughs> than I expected it to be. Oh, yeah. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, my expectations are 10 years, so. Yeah, and I certainly did pre- I certainly did predict, and I stick by it, that we will be playing Final Fantasy 16 before we play Final Fantasy 7 Part 2. Um, That's definitely but, looking like the truth now. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can just tell too that the game's. I mean, I did. Along. I saw that. Like, I don't know. But I, I mean, again, I don't know when the hell this thing would come out. But I did see that they've been. You know, there's there's reports from that same kind of leak or whatever that they've been working on it actively for four years. Yeah. Um. So, look, I think it's positive. It's a positive thing that everything we have heard about this game seems to indicate that Nomura is nowhere near it. 
You're right. Which means it, it will probably be better written, probably have a better story. It already looks better design-wise, art style-wise, because I'm so sick of belt buckles and everything. And it will probably come out in a timely manner because the people that they've got on this thing are, ac are you know, actively better project managers than Nomura seems to be because the man can't get any between like, you know, versus 13 and Kingdom Hearts 3, the man can't get some amount inside of a decade. So well, these people are the people that they brought in to finish the game. Right. So they, yes. They're the people who can actually get this done in a, te and, in a decent yeah. time And 16, frame. 16 has, you know, the combat designer of some really great games. You got Devil May Cry under his belt. You got Marvel versus Capcom 2 under his belt. Like you got my attention on that. And you've got the guy who's been working, you know, revamping and working on Final Fantasy 14, which is secretly the best Final Fantasy thing in a very, very long time, even though I haven't gotten to the Shadowbringers thing, which is supposed to be the pinnacle of it. I already enjoyed my time playing Final Fantasy 14 vanilla and Heavensward more than anything Final Fantasy I've played since probably 12. Yeah. So, probably not a coincidence because it takes place in the same universe as 12. But, like, um, it's, like, the, the talent on this game has me way more interested than anything Final Fantasy's done in a long time or has it on its plate for a long time after it. So I do hope it's sooner. I do hope that they're all right about this and we're going to get this game in the next two years or so because that'd be great because I, I like what next, I already well, saw. Well, I think they're hinting at way less than next two years. Like the, mm. the reports have been like sometime next year. And mm. the fact that the game was not, well, actually Square Enix, did Square Enix do anything for Tokyo Game Show? Yeah. Yeah, they did. They put out Dragon Quest stuff. Yeah, they were there. So they did <laughs> stuff, but there was nothing there for Final Fantasy 16. And I'm telling yeah. you, if a Final Fantasy game was coming out next year, that game would have been a Tokyo Game Show. So I, mm. I do not think it's coming out next year. Maybe the following year. Uh, but the reports were suggesting that, like, you're going to be shocked. Like, this thing, they're just polishing it up now. And, like, it's, I don't believe that. Like, I think. No, I mean, I will be shocked if it comes out in 2022. Like, that's, that's, that's real still fast. That's really early for, for a Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy game. Fantasy. I agree. Even if they have been working on it for four years already. That's yeah. Just, that's just the way it is. It's like, like a I six said, year turnaround for a modern day Final Fantasy is, is about like what well, you know, time. <laughs> I mean, look what, look how bad Final Fantasy 15 was. And they had five years on that. I know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I... Give him six. Give him six on this one. Look, I, I'll say this. I do not think you're going to have to wait 10 years for Final Fantasy sixteen. No, I never I never thought you would. like this. However, but, I do think you're going to have to wait longer than next year for Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah, but you will, again, I cash money bet that you'll play it before you play Remake 2. All right. Like, Remake... Well, if anyone Final wants Fantasy to take that bet with Kyle... Final Fantasy VII Remake 2 is a long way off, folks. Matt, if anybody wants to bet you like five or ten bucks, we'll cover your five or ten bucks if you lose the bet. Right. Like I'll 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 even go so far as like I will be shocked if we don't get the last installment. I think remake is gonna be three games. Yeah. And I bet the third one comes out right as we're putting <laughs> pre-orders down for the PS6. Oh Lord. That's possible. Be lucky to get this because in one generation. Because of you'll who be, is getting, working on that. <laughs> right. You'll be getting finally remake three, like around the same time we get Elder Scrolls six. Like yeah. you'll be they'll they'll be the cyberpunks of, of this <laughs> this gen, like coming out right as the new systems hit. It's very possible. It is, sadly. Uh okay, let's move on. We're gonna talk next about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. We actually haven't yeah, talked speak about of the this. devil. Yeah, I mean, we actually haven't talked about this game on Game Phase for a bit because they're trying to finish the game. And on that vein, mm -hmm. in that vein, we just got news that, Cy that CD Projekt Red has announced and told its employees 
that they are going to be working six-day weeks until the game launches. Now, you may say, that's typical. That's what game developers do. When they're coming down the home stretch, they're in crunch. They work seven days a week, not six. Well, the, the deal here is that about a year ago, CD Projekt Red came out and basically threw down the gauntlet and was like, we've been bad in the past, and we're not going to be like that again. So we are not going to force our developers to crunch. And to back up that statement, they ended up delaying the game a couple times because they were like, we're not going to crunch, and we want to get this game up to the standard that we expect it to be, so we're going to delay it. This time, they were not going to delay it again and instead have forced their employees to start working six-day weeks until... The game launches. <clears throat> Matt, how do you feel about this? We Look, so I asked for questions for the end of the show for Q&A, and somebody asked a question about this, um, and it was already a part of the rundown for the show. So maybe I'll just I'll, – you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to let a sifter frame the discussion for this because they actually do a really good job asking the question. Here it is. Hmm. Uh, it comes from Delfino, and he says – CD Projekt Red has recently mandated a studio-wide crunch on Cyberpunk 2077 for the last stretch of development. But this is going back on their promise made March of last year to avoid mandatory crunch. Should we be drawing a hard line even though everyone loves CD Projekt Red? How can the industry do better if a company can talk the big talk publicly and then go back on its own engagement due to everlasting, the everlasting argument of bigger particular circumstances? Should we not force CD Projekt Red to be trailblazers? Uh, before you reply, Matt, the first thing I want to say is I hate the word force. Um, I don't think we should ever force anything <laughs> unless it's life or death. And these are video games. So, no, I don't think we should force any developer to do anything or any publisher to do anything. They're their own entity, and they should be allowed to make their own decisions as they see fit. And with that... Matt, what do you think about the rest of what he said? Um, well, I think we should be able to force them to treat their employees properly. Um, but the only way you can do that is if we have a union. And that is what basically needs to happen here. Uh, I don't know what the rules on that would be in Poland. Like, obviously, we're dealing with a foreign probably country. not encouraging. Is my not, I wouldn't think so. It's probably not true, especially because there is They're some government funding illegal, in there. is my guess. <laughs> Um, I don't know what unions are like in Poland. I don't know how any of that works there. Um, I hope they're at least paying them for six days. No, they are. Just oh, like so that's the other it. thing I should have said is, yeah. is CD Projekt Red said that we are compensating them very, very well for their time. So they're at least getting OT. My guess yeah. is they're probably getting double time. Like that's something. You know, There's plenty of companies in America that don't do that. I'm glad you brought that up when, so I can mention it. Yeah. So that's uh, so that's at least po slightly positive. I mean, it's yeah. not going to help your quality of life during this death march, basically. Uh, and it really doesn't sh super shock me that they ran out of time on this because I think you know COVID probably hit everybody hard in terms of the transition to working from home from everyone. And have and, you seen the game? <laughs> yeah, that too. It's so ambitious. It's insane. For one, and also like I want to, I did want to say like some of the stuff they put out in like the Night City, the third installment of that. The game looks better than it did two years ago. For Hell once, you yeah. did not get. People for once, you did not get a downgrade it's date. Like you did not get a, get a down. You did not get a downgrade gate on this one. Yeah, it's an upgrade um, ton instead of downgrade yeah. ton. So it's uh, so that's encouraging, but yeah. like it's 
and should, you gotta you gotta assume that they angry? do not should they should they be on twitter saying everybody go at cd project red and tell them this is unacceptable should they be doing that i think that's fair yeah. i mean it, it, i don't think it's like necessarily gonna have any effect but like um it, it, i think it's fair to voice your opinion on what oh, they're sure. doing there especially after they already said they wouldn't do it like yeah. that's the thing is like you got to hold them to be on you got to hold them to the to what they said accountable said. yeah um and like you know at least they're paying for it. i mean there's a lot of companies that when they do crunch it's just sort of understood you have to come in and do that six or seven days a week and you are not getting anything any monetary compensation for that extra time worked and that's what really ruins quality of life yeah. at least at the end of these this like six week death march um the people who had to do it will come out of it with some extra money and they'll maybe they'll be able to buy a car with the extra money yeah and maybe yeah. i would also like to see some some action from cd project red saying like okay when that is over we will pull everyone back to four days a week for a while or like compensate them in a more they're never the gonna is, say that <laughs> maybe not but like it's there's an argument to be made because the the big problem is like yes you can compensate people monetarily for what they what you've done there but you not you're not making up for the quality of life loss in terms of time spent like that's 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 a lot of saturdays missed with families and and spent having to have someone else feed your dog and have you know there's a and you're going through sort of into this holiday realm and i know the holidays are not going to be a big deal this year because most people aren't going to travel but like there's something to be said for like you okay we we go crazy focus we go crunch on this period of time but then we ease up more than we were before once the game is done obviously you can't do that immediately because there's probably going to be you know no battle plan survives contact with the enemy so you're going to have to be able to do day one patches and immediate patches once all that stuff comes through i think it's going to be a nightmare for that stuff. open world games are always horrible when it comes to like kind of what you find as soon as millions of people are playing it instead of like a couple thousand Especially qa testers this one with all the systems going on under the hood i and just all I don't the systems, think they're going to be able to leave for like five months after this game launch. Just all I the don't. systems it's on. I know, like you're on, I know. You know these it's like, brand oh, we new have this problem on Stadia, but we don't have it on PS4, but yeah, we do but, have it on PS5. Like, yeah, it's insane. But let's be, honest, be it's pro- let's be honest, if it's a problem with Stadia, go home for the weekend. Yeah, Fuck it. Know, it will, Who cares? No one's going to play it anyway. <laughs> do it on Monday. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Although I'll say this, like, you know, some people are talking about Oh, with the save problem, maybe I shouldn't like, you know, play the games now. I should wait and start playing them once I have my PS5. Stadia kind of is a nice little way to get around that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to. F- <laughs> I'm if grasping at straws here, Kyle. <laughs> if you want to throw sixty bucks for nothing, sure. <laughs> exactly. I'd rather buy it on, on one of the other systems and own it. Yeah. So, um, I, I will look. I'm not going to wait. I mean, I, I am. I mean, I'm going to wait a little bit. We'll see. What, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to get it on Xbox, and I assume the sable transfer there because there is no different skew here. Right. Like you're, you're playing a backwards compatible enhanced version. We're not even going to get the full en- next gen enhanced patch until like early 2021 um i'm not waiting months to play this game which is probably going to have to be in the game of the year conversation oh, a month yeah. after that like give me a break I mean, like, look, you know, man, I'm not even if that. it sucks it's still going to be in the conversation because yeah, we're going to have to say talk about it, it sucked. <laughs> right and i would say but, if this game sucks it would be the most surprising bad game of my entire life even it would be more the most than shocking letdown since Arkham Knight. Even more than ET and Pac-Man for the Atari 2600. And let me tell you, as a young kid, I, I can't even tell you how much those games crushed my soul. Not just that either. Donkey Kong, that was another one for the Atari 2600. 
where you're like Atari oh. 2600 arcade ports were a real roll of dice <laughs> back in the day. Like they couldn't even figure out how to make uh, Pac-Man's uh, uh, mouth go uh, like this, uh, uh, so it just like morphed from like open. Yep. Oh god. Anyway, well, you didn't turn. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it didn't turn. That it was didn't the thing turn. about me. Each and you kind of did that. But this just thing, so you know. That is the level of disappointment I would be at if this game ends up being bad. I would be that disappointed and that shocked at it. So I remember that's why the ColecoVision was appealing to me because it yeah. was the only one with a good version of Donkey Kong on it. And everything. Everything was arcade perfect on ColecoVision. It was, or at it, least you could tell what game it was, it was supposed, supposed to be. To be. Like, yeah. like, yeah. That was why it was everyone like, talks about, it. oh, wow, the, the, the art on the covers of like the Atari 2600 games were so good. Like, yeah, they had to be because otherwise you didn't know what the fuck the game was supposed to be showing. Yeah, you like, didn't know what it was supposed to be about. That was so you could look at the, the picture <laughs> on the cover of the box and, and that's what your imagination had to turn the garbage on the screen Fill in into. the blanks. Yep, exactly. So anyway, um, <laughs> uh, how, how do you feel about CD Projekt Red yourself? I mean, I certainly, you know, I love The Witcher 3. I think it's probably the best game of the generation. Um, uh, I like a lot of their consumer-facing practices. Uh, obviously, they are not the only ones doing bad things to their developers in terms of crunch time. Like, let's, you know, you can talk about Naughty Dog. We can talk about all that stuff. Um, is The disappointment here is that they seem to acknowledge the problem, and then they just, they, they're just continuing to do it. This is the same thing that they did where, like, you know, they had all these, like, weird transphobic comments on their, on their, um, their social media, and they're like, oh, we took care of that. And then there's still stuff comes out once in a while. And part of that is because that part of the world is not as sort of advanced in terms of talking about that that issue as others. But it's just like... It's also they, ESO. They, they, there English seems to be is a, a second language for a lot right. of those people. But there also seems to be a lot of like, one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. Maybe because they are a big company. Um, and they're, you know, and sometimes you're dealing really with, fast and yeah, and, you're, and the, the parent company is different from the development company, which is different from the GOG side of things, yeah. which is different. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen on this one. Um, and I think you're, you are sort of dealing with special circumstances with the pandemic this year, having disrupted everything. I understand why they don't want to push it again. They've already delayed it twice. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to push it to next year because people are, you know, you push it back. It, you could maybe get away with pushing it to December. But like you push that past Christmas and you're going to have a riot on your hands. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a hard situation to be in. And you never know. Like maybe the, it's you know, a maybe catch they, 22, honestly. It's I, like you delay also, it and it's better and your employees are happier. Which, mm -hmm. let's be honest, most people don't give a crap about how happy CD Projekt Red's employees are. No. They just don't. Um, also, if so I was a that, CD Projekt... If I was a CD Project employee, I might also feel like, you know, let's just work a few Saturdays and get this thing done. Yo, on at you this know. point, you've been working on it for like six, seven years? Yeah. Let's, yeah, because you know honestly, like six weeks isn't that bad compared to like a couple companies. You know, some companies have done a year of crunch or more, yeah. or the whole project is crunch yeah. kind of thing. Um, and I, it shouldn't happen. Like good planning means that, that, that crunch shouldn't happen. But at the same time, it was impossible to be good planning this year. Well, they also like, you, started this No Crunch initiative in the middle of the project. Right. So it's much harder once you're already neck deep in a project to wrangle it then to get it wrapped up on a certain date. If you start from the beginning planning in that way, then you have a better chance of success. So maybe yeah. And again, I think maybe they, they might have made it if it wasn't for the global plague. Like, yeah, <laughs> just, I just Actually, feel like that right. is an yeah. X factor. That, you're right. I mean, that's the other thing. You kind of have to give everyone a mulligan this year for like everything. It's like whether they're dealing with just logistics or mental health or whatever, it's like there's a lot of different ways things can get screwed up in a pandemic. 
That's yep. the bottom line. Uh, so I am willing to give him a pass. It does suck, but I do hear you. I think most of the people who have worked on this game are probably more than willing to just crank for six weeks so that they can leave it in the rearview mirror. Cause... Yeah, like I, I, I feel like the my response to this is pretty much like a like a like a Marge Simpson and like combined with a got my eye on you look kind yeah. of thing. Like, like certainly I would hope that like we don't hear any more stories about this sort of thing uh, going forward into whatever DLC this game has. Like, yeah. plan that out better and you know make sure because again you're not under like super pressure to get that out in any kind of timely manner. You don't have a holiday deadline to beat. Um, you know, going forward, let's see. Let's see a little, a little something better than what we've seen from a lot of the handling of things in this game in terms of the the, the run up in terms of PR and 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 employee employee well being. Like I think there's there's room for improvement, but I do think it matters that people online are coming at them and being like, "Hey, we see this. We see you. We we remember what you said, and you're, we're holding you to that. We want you to live up to what you're trying to say. I and agree with uh, that. I definitely agree. The more you do that, you know, the more you do that, the more that they're going to be like, "Yeah, you're." I mean, because look, I don't think anybody in there is like under the impression that they can get away with this much longer. Uh, but the problem, of course, is like the way to really stick it to them would be to not buy the game, and no one's going to do that. Right? So. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't care about crunch either. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, most consumers don't give a crap. And I'll, I mean, as a games journalist, you work crunch like all year, every year. <laughs> like I work crazy hours. I've been doing it for literally since like two thousand. It's just for some jobs, it's just the way it is. You have to give up a lot of your life to do the job. Games journalist is one of them. Game developer is another one. Um, there's a lot of them that are like that now. Yeah. So, Filmmakers. Yep. It's just the way it is. Some industries are just I don't that even way. remember. The, and if the, you don't want the, to do it, then you just don't do it. I mean, that's yeah, really what it week, comes down to. The week we shot the, my short films, I don't even remember half that week. No. Like, it was... I mean, dude, production, I was you're launching a new yeah. show. Like you crunch for like three months. Like Yeah. I was returning equipment on a on a Saturday morning after being awake for twenty eight hours straight. Like there is no you know, there isn't any you know, and I, and I was I don't running sleep it. for a week <laughs> getting three, like, you know. I hear I hear them. Like I don't have kids. That's a makes a big mm-hmm. difference for me and for you. You don't have kids either. Um, people with kids, like this is a big freaking deal. Um, oh yeah. For me, I'm kind of a workaholic anyway. Like, you don't have to force me to crunch. I just do it. <laughs> it's, I'm a boss's dream and an idiot in a lot of ways. Um, all right, let's move on. We're actually running out of time. We got a couple more topics to get to in today's show. Uh, next, we're going to talk about Pokemon Sword and Shield, the second pass or the second part of the season pass. Uh, is called the Crown Tundra, and at Tokyo Game Show, they, well, I guess it was kind of Tokyo Game Show. Nintendo did its own thing during Tokyo Game Show for it uh, that unveiled pretty much everything around it. It is the second and last piece of DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield, although I don't think that includes like, hey, here's a new legendary Pokemon or whatever we're going to do it. This is just the second big chunk of story DLC, and it is... Story DLC. It takes place in wintertime, which is awesome because everything is coated in snow. Um, But it also takes place in a brand new area that unlocks. So it doesn't really take place in the Galar region, although there are parts of the season pass that does take place there. Uh, But the new story-based content takes place in an entirely new area uh, adjacent to the Galar region. Um, And it's, it's like a winter wonderland. 
was there snow in the base game? I don't even remember. Was there an area that was like snowy? Mm, I don't remember it, don't but either. it was. It's been a while. It has been a while. Um, so there's a story based expansion pass. Um, the other thing too is legendary Pokemon haven't been a part of Sword and Shield that much, but that all changes with this DLC. In fact, every single legendary Pokemon ever will be reintroduced or introduced for the first time to Sword and Shield uh, with the Crown Tundra. Um, another big part of it I mentioned earlier um, about how part of it does take part in or does take place in the Galar region, and that is a brand new mode called Dynamax Adventures. It's a brand new uh, co-op mode that lets teams of four players uh, explore Pokemon dens of the Galar region. Also, Pokemon dens is something else that's new as part of the story-based DLC. That's actually what you're in, you're doing in the story is investigating this mysterious Pokemon den. And that's where I believe you end up running into all the legendary Pokemon that are then reintroduced to the franchise once again uh, for Sword and Shield. Another big part of it is that uh, Pokemon Go functionality is being added to Pokemon Home before the end of 2020, and you may say, well, what's the big deal with that? Well, the big deal with that is now you can get Pokemon and Pokemon Go and then get them into Pokemon Sword and Shield, which is something that you weren't able to do until, well, not even now, but before the end of the year. So that's big. You'll be able to import all the critters that you collect in Pokemon Go or have collected in Pokemon Go over the X number of years that you've been playing it and instantly your Pokedex will explode inside Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's funny. I just thought of something. I don't remember if I re-upped my subscription for the Pokemon storage app thing. Oh. (laughs) And I wonder if all the Pokemon I've ever collected are all gone now. That's a good question. You would think that they would hold on to your account. There is there isn't a there's a grace period, but I don't remember what it is and if it's gone too long because I think that renewal would have been in August. I bet I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check that immediately at the end of this show. <laughs> show I'm gonna go get my 3ds. Now, Matt, do you have any interest in uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC? No. I, I mean, I either. like I like Sword and Shield, uh, <laughs> but too. I'm kind of done with it. Yeah, and that's the way I am with Pokemon. The games are too big. It's like once I finish them, like I feel like most times I've dragged my butt across the finish line in the first place. Like as I've gotten older, the last few entries of Pokemon. The last like ten hours are kind of a slog. I'll just be mm-hmm. honest with you. Like I, I fought like everything a million times. I've been all through my Pokedex. It's like, and like, are you really, are you really going to compete with like, you know, Star Wars Squadrons, Watchdogs Legion, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, Miles Morales, Demon Souls remake, like. None of n- Pokemon, a Pokemon DLC is not going to drag me away from any of those titles. It's, you're you're right. against it's the two time months. of year yeah. is releasing. It's bad timing. Um, like at most, I might play some of it. Like it, if I was going to go home for Christmas and play with my niece, cause she likes those, but I'm probably not going to be able to go home for Christmas this year. So even then, like you're kind of stuck. Well, I'll put it to you this way. Um, once they announced this, I went and searched my inbox for a download code for the season pass because they already put out the first batch of DLC and mm-hmm. I didn't play it and I thought I got a code for it. And I searched for it and I did. 
I I had got the code and had never even opened up the email. So that <laughs> I asked you if you cared about Pokemon DLC. There's your answer about me. So <laughs> look, ultimately it's going to add another twenty hundred or another twenty hundred, another two hundred Pokemon to the game, um, and the the pass is thirty dollars. <laughs> And you have to pay the full $30 to get both pieces of the season pass. You can't just buy them all a cart. So um, if you do spend the $30, you'll also get the DLC that was released a while ago. And you'll get the new one, which comes out on October 22nd, 2020. So there you go. That's Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Crown Tundra DLC. Again, it launches October 22nd, so just a few weeks to wait. But to Matt's point... It's really going to be hard to carve out a little bit of time for Pokemon Sword and Shield with all the big stuff coming out. I mean, mm-hmm. yo, I'm going to be like a week and a half away from having a PS5 and a Series X. I don't know. It's going to be hard to find time to get into it. But look, if you're only a Switch owner, maybe not so much. Because <laughs> yeah. Q4 isn't looking exactly gigantic. Yeah, um, I mean, if Pokemon's your thing, like that's really good news. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I mean, look, and by all accounts, the first piece of DLC for it was great. So um, my guess is that this second piece will will be just as good. And obviously, you're getting a ton of content. You're getting a new mode. You're getting a new single-player campaign. You're getting 200 new Pokemon. That's probably worth 15 bucks all on its own right there. So there you go. That's the Crown Tundra DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield, which brings us to our last topic for Episode 230 of Game Face here on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. And this topic was actually prompted by... So I asked for new questions for Ask Shane Anything this week. And boy, did you guys deliver. There are like 40 questions um, that'll last me until like the end of next year. But anyway, uh, you guys asked so many questions that I started seeing a theme in something that you guys are all really, really worried about. And that is exclusivity, timed exclusivity, console exclusives, third-party games, and really, if third-party games are are going to exist all that much longer. You guys are really concerned about this. You guys are afraid that now that Bethesda has been purchased by Microsoft, well, if you're a PlayStation fan, you're not going to play Bethesda's games again, and vice versa. Anything that Sony ends up snatching up, You're not going to be able to play that if you own an Xbox. And this has been something that's been going on for a long time. But for whatever reason, you guys have really zeroed in on it here for Generation 9. And you are legitimately concerned about it. So the question that Matt and I are going to try to answer here in this discussion is, are true third-party games going extinct? Um, Will the Bethesda deal set off more deals like it? Um... There's been rumors flying around today that Sony tried to snag Starfield as a PS5 exclusive. Um, that comes from uh, Imran Khan from Kind of Funny. He claims just a couple months ago, Sony was trying to get Bethesda Starfield as an exclusive for PlayStation 5. And it couldn't figure out why the asking price kept going up and up and up. And that's because... Bethesda was negotiating with Xbox at the same time to be purchased. And so they're like, well, how high are you going to go, Sony? Are you going to go up to 8 bill? Because <laughs> that's, that's where we're headed with, with Xbox right now. Um, so anyway, that adds an extra twist to it. Uh, EA also tried to buy ZeniMax. That comes from Bloomberg. Now that 
probably wouldn't have an effect on the death of third-party games, but still, that's a big third-party yeah, deal. Yeah, because EA is third-party. Yeah, and what people are asking is, are we going to be forced to where we are? Everyone is going to have to buy all platforms to be able to play the majority of the games they want. Matt, are, is everyone overreacting here, or do you really think that we're hurtling towards this place where third-party games really don't exist and everything is exclusive to one platform or another no i don't think that's remotely true or ever going to happen okay like uh because the bethesda thing is a weird one-off bethesda has been sort of floundering in terms of what they've been trying to do for a long time outside of their own first party content and i've always believed that they were basically one in-house major release away from being in trouble and i think fallout 76 was that for them yeah. and so that was why they because because they valued their independence very strongly but at a certain point you have to have a hit on your hands or you don't and like when you're looking down that road starfield is who knows how far out starfield may or may not be a hit so you're basically looking to the elder scrolls 6 for your next like huge cash infusion of a skyrim level sort of thing or a fallout 4 level sort of thing and that's that could be seven years away yeah. like you got to do something and so that's what happened here um and the prime I mean, again, the price is it's not like Bethesda was worthless. It's not like, you know, that eight billion dollars is no is no small, small change because their IPs are worth an absurd amount of money um, just in terms of potential going forward down the road. But like it, I guess it depends what you consider to be third party because Ubisoft isn't getting bought by anybody. Like they, People tried, but never happened. I mean, it could um, happen. No, could be, could, but like anything could happen. No, but is anyone going to buy Take Two? No, is anybody going to buy that's EA, Activision? Do you not think like, that, that stuff is could start happening. You don't think that maybe PlayStation and Sony right now is like, okay, you guys got Zenimax. Well, well we but need here's to start the thing: Sony, Sony doesn't, Sony doesn't have the, Sony doesn't have the war chest for that. Sony can't buy, spend eight billion dollars. Like they, they just can't. They can't. I, I promise I you, could. they cannot. I think getting Sony corporate to spend that kind of money for video games would be a fool's errand. Sony, as a whole, as a corporation, as a whole, does not have those kinds of liquid assets on on hand. Like they, they're worth a lot more than that, but they do not have the capital to do that with that right now. And certainly, if they did, they would not spend it. As you say, on the video game division, even though that's where the majority of their revenue comes from. That's where they make all their money now. When are they going to figure it out, Matt? Like, when are they going to swallow their pride? Like, I get they won't because they're too separate. The the, the divisions are too separate. The what, like, the scenario I could see would be like, and I don't even know how this would happen. Like, it would have to be like some kind of weird coup on the part of the the overarching management of Sony Corporation, like. Three years down the road, Disney gets finally gets fed up with dealing with Sony for the Spider-Man license and just gives them $6 billion to give them Spider-Man back forever and for the, the movie license. And then Sony turns around and takes that $6 billion and instead of using it to boost the Sony Pictures division, uses it to buy Ubisoft or something for a ridiculous, I don't, I don't think you could buy Ubisoft for that little money, frankly. Um, but like, that's the only place I think they would get a cash infusion that would let them do like what, what Microsoft just did with Bethesda. And I don't even know who their candidate would be for that. Like a CD project, maybe like, I don't even think that would work. I think they're too tied into the Polish government. Um, well, I think they take too long to develop games. I don't think so. Yeah, they're not, they're not, a, 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 although on the same, at the same time, Sony doesn't seem to mind. 
if you take a long time to develop a game first party, as long as you put something quality out, they can brag about forever. Yeah. Um, which is valid, but like, you know, you, you, you want more return on your money for, you know, they didn't pay $8 billion for Sony Santa Monica. They built that studio. Yeah. That's uh, what they seem to prefer to do. It's well, it's obviously way cheaper. <laughs> right. Um, you have more control. You have, you know, you, you own everything more outright and you haven't sunk, you haven't sunk $8 billion into days gone. Yeah. You know, like, yes, that's the risk is like you're, you're doing stuff like that. So the, the th part of it is, is like, I don't see what's left. Like if you're talking about, if you consider something like EA and Ubisoft to be third party, and I think obviously they are, yeah. I don't think anyone's buying those companies. Um, not just because people don't have the money necessarily, but because why? Like, why would you, well, why, why would you buy EA? Because it does give you what I was talking about earlier, the USP, the unique selling proposition. You suddenly... Are the only platform that has Madden and FIFA and NBA and everything well, assuming else and assuming that per, assuming purchasing the, that company doesn't then void all those possible contracts to sure. be renegotiated. Sure. Um, that's the thing is EA EA actually does have a massive back catalog of valuable IP. They oh, just yeah. haven't used it in twenty years. Yeah. Um, if I was going to buy EA, I wouldn't have my eye on you know the the licenses that they hold because those could be temporary. I would have my eye on. Okay, studios, like let's say CSS, let's say CIP. okay, Microsoft owns Bethesda, which means Starfield is an Xbox platform exclusive. All right, Sony's going to buy in, in a magical world where Sony has the money to do this. Um, Sony's going to buy EA because they have Starflight and Wing Commander in their backlog in their in their IP catalog, and we can take that and make our own Starfield competitor. Um, that kind of thing is possible, or like you know, do something with Command and Conquer or something for the first time in forever. Um, but I don't see that being as useful as like none of the IPs in the in kind of the vault of EA's you know back catalog are probably valuable enough to warrant buying that as opposed to just making up a, a clone and calling it something else. Um, like no one's no one's going to line up for another Army of Two game. Uh, but like it, you know, there's always going to be Dante's the indie Inferno. stuff. Like I guess you know, no one's gonna buy from software really because they're you know, or Capcom. I think they're too they're too big. Some of them are tied into bigger conglomerates already. I just don't think like, they're gonna buy a Japanese developer. Like I just don't see much Unless difference Nintendo, now. That's it. I just don't see really much difference now beyond like you know, yeah, you always had to have all the systems to play all the games. Yep. Like I guess at this point, like maybe you care about some of the games that have moved into the exclusivity for for once, but like well, I think part of the problem is is that people have grown accustomed to certain franchises being available for everything, um, mm -hmm. and they're like, sure, I do have to choose whether I want to play Nintendo or Microsoft's or Sony's exclusives, but I know that there's this core group of games that are always going to be available no matter which one I pick, and I think some people are starting to get a little nervous that that may not be the case in the future. Um, I, I am with you. I, I don't think what's going on right now is really any different than what's been going on forever. It uh, isn't. This is a big purchase. Don't get me wrong. I mean, oh, yeah. one of the biggest ever. But I don't think that it has that kind of a trickle-down effect or – no. You, look, you, also, like I thought, Skyrim sucked. I thought everybody hated Skyrim. I thought we we're sick of Skyrim, and the <laughs> combat sucks, and it looks terrible, and the game trail engine is garbage. And then all of a sudden, everybody's fucking very sad that they can't play shape. the next they, one. They, like, they're you're, not you're, getting Skyrim now. I yeah. thought Bethesda was terrible, and they made horrible decisions, and microtransactions, and Fallout seventy six sucks, and all these games are Tesla like crap because no one likes Prey. Once and again, da, da, da. don't and now, know what you got sudden, till it's gone. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, it's the greatest tragedy in the world. You can't play them on PlayStation. Skyrim didn't even work on PlayStation three for a year. Like yeah. it was. It was, 
know, it, it, the idea that PlayStation players are so wrapped up in some of these Bethesda games is news to me. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's so, also funny that, you know, people complain about this on both sides. Well, uh, Xbox mm-hmm. fan, oh, Sony trying to get Starfield. And then Sony fans are like, oh, well, screw you. You bought the whole dang studio. It, yeah. It's like... It's like watching like two brothers go at it or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, look, the, and, I'm the and, parent in the middle. I'm like trying to keep them separated. The the one like the like the one valid element to this, I think, is that you are running into a situation with, especially with this generation, that you're you're having that the platform holders having to struggle harder and harder to come up with differentiation reasons between their platforms. And yeah. the, you, in, traditionally, we are kind of going back to almost the 16-bit era differentiation, which is was you know, power. very <laughs> nakedly what games are on what system. Yeah, because when you were choosing between the Genesis and the Super Nintendo, it wasn't about Blast hardware specs or, or whatever. It yeah. was about what games are on the system that you want. Yeah, it was Mario and versus that was, Sonic. Yeah. Right. It's Mario versus Sonic or Fantasy Star versus Final Fantasy or um, you know, which, which Madden version looked better or who had this or who had that? You know, did you want to play Act Razor or did you want to play Crusader of Senti? Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of thing. You have, you have Beyond Oasis or you have Chrono Trigger. You know, like those, yeah. are, the, those are the decisions I remember making back in the day. Um, and like Maybe people just aren't used to that. I mean, yeah. there was a period. Of, there was a period of time when you couldn't get a Tekken game if you didn't have a PlayStation. Yeah, you know? this is not I mean, new. There's been lots of franchises that were locked down. I mean, Grand yeah. Theft Auto. You couldn't yeah. get Grand Theft Auto unless you owned a PlayStation for forever. For a while, and then and remember, now, but remember, the young they came bots to, are like, "This is the way it's always." No, it wasn't the old. No, then the you, way remember it they, was. you remember they did the the pack of. Uh, you know the GTA trilogy pack or whatever for the X, yeah. the original Xbox. It was like, and it was like oh my, it like shook it was the like, industry. Yeah, and, like, and people are like, remember. oh my god, Rockstar betrayed Sony yeah. and all this. It was, you know, the console war stuff is always See, just you can't afford everything, pack. so you got to pick <laughs> we've it. We've been through it all. We've seen it. We've seen it. And the console war always the console war in heart. The console war in heart always comes down to trying to convince yourself that you made the right purchase. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest and, with you, Matt. I don't know that there's a wrong purchase between these two. I think, not yet. I think no it's matter, too early no matter to which say, one but not you get, yet. you're probably going to end up being happy with it. You just are. Yeah. Microsoft's first party output's going to be better this time, guaranteed. Sony's yeah. output hasn't changed much. You already know it's great. Third party stuff after the first nine or ten months is going to look great on both. I yeah, and I think the I think the decision right now. I mean, early early advantage is to PlayStation. Um, because you're not going to see the third party purchases start, you know, paying div- dividends at Microsoft for a couple of years. Yep. But um, you know, so basically, I think um, instant gratification-wise, PS5 is definitely the choice. But if you're looking big picture, it's almost a coin flip. Yeah, both this. of them are going to be great. I think. Yeah, I, I don't think you can go wrong. Um, so I guess to close it out, I think you guys are overreacting. <laughs> And I think this is an advantage of maybe being a little older, seeing some stuff that's happened before, um, and yeah, realizing this isn't that cause this is some not out of the ordinary. Failure. Like, no, it's really not. It's, that, it's like you know, I mean, there was similar freakouts when Square and Enix merged. Yeah. You know, like oh, it's yeah. like, oh my god, is all is Capcom going to merge with Namco Band and all the Namco you know, when they merged? Yeah. People were like, why? What are you doing? Like Namco should have bought. It's just 
like this stuff has been going on for a long time. I totally understand if you haven't been following the industry really closely, as long as mm-hmm. Matt and I have, that you wouldn't realize that it's been going on this long, but it has. And Sega Sammy, yeah. you know, like when Sammy bought Sega, and I was like, oh, it's just going to be Pachinko forever now. Right. There's no, no. They, people they got thought better. Was Sega happen. got better. Yeah, they that. got much better. And the people thought well, that when that happened, people thought that what was going to happen with Sega was what did happen with Konami. Yeah. And Konami wasn't even bought by anybody. Yeah. So I honestly think there are less timed exclusives now than there have ever been. Like, less yeah. exclusives from third parties to one platform than there's ever been. Well, also, like, timed exclusives I recognize are annoying, but the, back in the day, they were just exclusives. Yeah, they were like, no you were never getting them. that like, on something else. You weren't getting them at all. Yeah, I hear you, yeah. man. I, look, with time, you kind of gain perspective on stuff like this, and it's not a big deal. It's Things are happening right now like they always have. Third-party games aren't going to change. They're not going mm-hmm. away. Uh, and the other thing is, like, if you're if Bethesda is like the crux of what you're worried about about Starfield or or Elder Scrolls Six, I promise you, by the time those games come out, you will be able to get a relatively cheap Xbox because yep, that's the other thing. The price it's a long way be, away. What are they going to yeah. call it now, though? The Xbox Series XX? <laughs> like, I don't know. What do you call like the I pro version now? I don't know. The Xbox Series Y. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it. We're going to wrap up the show right there. We are going to get to to, uh, some Q&A, but before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor. Do you live life outdoors? DeShazer Ryan Realty has a nice level lot just outside of Libby, Montana. That's perfect for you. With access to Crystal Lake via shared dock and boat ramp, it's an ideal location to build the getaway home of your dreams or just park your RV. Enjoy fishing, paddleboarding, kayaking, boating, and more just a few steps away. It can be yours for just $72.5. No matter where you live, contact Doug DeShazer at 406-291-1643 or DeShazerMT at gmail.com. Even if you're not looking for property in Montana, he can connect you with local realtors in your area who can help you. If you want to see more, head over to DeShazerRyanRealty.com. That's DeShazerRyanRealty.com. All right, thanks once again to DeShazer, Ryan Realty, for sponsoring Game Face and Sifted. It makes a world of difference if you're looking for a property or a home. Buy it through Doug DeShazer. Keep that cash in the fammy. All right, it's time for some Q&A. You guys were very gracious to go on our forums and give us some questions for the end of the show. The first one comes from Justin, and he asks, and this is a good one, is Quick Resume something you can see yourself using? Like, does switching between multiple games sound like something you'd find helpful? No. No. It really doesn't. It's so funny how they focused on this, and I don't give a crap. Like, I don't mind, like, I like that PlayStation 4 can, like, go to sleep and keep me in the game there, but, like, multiple games, I I don't play that many games at once that I need to, like, reload like that especially not at the cost of the footprint on the on the ssd that it seems to be giving you know like if you're losing like 64 gigs to that like i don't need that that bad like and some people are saying like the like the xbox series x can su- like suspend like six or seven at once i'm 12, like i don't that need is 12. that 12 yes why why i don't want to suspend how long, one is, it game? Gonna, how long is it even gonna take me to have 12 xbox series x games here is one thing i will say is if it can get me from YouTube TV to a game and then back to YouTube TV really quickly, I'm cool with that. Because right now, it's like you're playing a game. You hit the home button. You, you select YouTube TV. It pops up. It slowly loads up. It's like a 90-second process or whatever. Mm. If that could be instantaneous, 
I'm cool with that. Do I need to jump? Who plays two games at once, Matt? Like, I don't the- know. I mean, I play play multiple stuff, but it's like it's never at, like literally the same time where you're jumping no. back and forth between. Like, one it's thing it's up. never been a thing where I'm like, you know, even today I played some Genshin Impact, and then I wanted to play No Man's Sky because I wanted to, to empty out my uh, activated indium mine. And I just close the thing and open the other thing. And it loads. I'm, I, I, at fine. no point am I just like, God, I wish this was instantaneous. Like, I'm, I, I'm not that busy, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Like, like I, it's not a thing that like I would You're have focused so on as too. a big idea so for the new systems. Yeah, I don't I mean, I guess it, to me, it, it just sort of smacks of like, you don't have any other ideas well, as like, like a high say, tech Matt, thing. It's an answer in search of a problem. Yeah. If we ever make yeah. shirts with your face on it, that's going to be the quote. On the that's that's me, the solution in search of a problem. <laughs> yep. And uh, I am the problem. <laughs> and I'm the solution. Uh, next up, from Lucky Wallace. What would you, A, realistically expect, and B, want from a new Sonic game or games in 2021? And as a disqualifier, he says, besides another Sonic Mania. I could not possibly care less. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I don't care. Like, I yeah. I would not care if Sonic never had another video game. I just wouldn't. No. Like, I don't have an affinity for him. Like, I never really have. Like, I like that people recognize him and he's a video game character. It means that what I love matters to other people. That's about as far as my love for Sonic goes. I yeah. was always I'll- a Mario before Sonic guy back in the day. I like Sonic's games. I mean, I played them all, but it's, I don't know, like, as a character, he just, I've never really had an affinity for him that strong. I don't know. I like Sonic. I like Sonic better than Mario. Uh, I have never liked Mario. I think Mario is weirdly off-putting to me. Um, it's a weird character, there's no doubt. Yeah, like, so something about Mario. Plumber, the, like, yeah. <laughs> Mario Galaxy is the only time I've really felt, like, that kind of affinity for the Mario stuff that, like, I see in other people that are fans of Mario. Like, that's the only time... The Galaxy games, the only Mario games that have ever given me, like, that kind of Mario joy I that see in giddy. other people. Yeah. Otherwise, I just sort of feel like, what is this? I, I, it just something, something about it's a little it's too weird. something. The Mushroom Kingdom's weird. Sonic I like a little better, but here's the other thing. I like, like, three Sonic games. Yeah. Like, I like, uh, I like the, the first, first two, two. Sonics. <laughs> I like Adventure 1 and 2, okay. And I like Generations and Mania. Like two good Sonic games come out about every ten years, yeah. and that seems and to be about all 2D I need. As well, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also sort of feel like you know sometimes there's cool stuff in them, but at the same time, I sort of feel like unlike Mario, um, Sonic has one gimmick: he's fast. And if you aren't doing the fast, you're sort of missing the point of Sonic. And I feel like you've sort of taken that as far as it can go at this point. Well, I feel Whereas like Mario, they, re- they reinvent job. Mario a little bit in every game. Like so Mario, as much as I dislike some of the reinventions, like Mario Galaxy isn't like Mario Sunshine. Mario Sunshine isn't like Mario Odyssey. Like, like you can differentiate between what they're doing and how they do it in all those games. Sonic and Sonic is just, just you're yeah. just trying to find a different way to make him run as fast as he can and go in loops as many times as he can. And at a certain point, I'm like, I just seen it. I don't need any yeah, more. They have, of it. they've not managed to expand the franchise like they have with Mario. Like Mario, it's like give him a backpack that shoots water. It's like yeah, with Sa- make with, him turn with into Sonic. a cat and climb stuff. Like there's you know there's there's way more imagination on display in the Mario games, and the reason for that is that Mario has never been locked down to doing any one thing except jumping. Yeah, so. Yep. You can go anywhere you want with it. 
and you don't feel like you're not delivering on what people expect from the character. And that's Mario's strength and it's Sonic's weakness and it will always be that way. Yep. Uh, next up, this act- this question was actually asked by two different people. It was asked by Ptor on Sifted and it was asked by Legacy on Twitter. Um, do you align with Pactor's prediction that this generation will be the last generation of consoles? I personally doubt streaming will take over across the board over the next decade. Not a chance in hell. No, I don't agree with them either. I do think that discs may be gone by then, but I do yeah, think next gen, be- next gen might be all digital. I, I could see that, but you streaming, no, no. Yeah, I could even see like what he's talking about, where he talks about you know that the the, the hardware will just be built into the TV, mm-hmm. um, like that. You know, I could kind of see I that, but see not that as 10 years for but sure. not as streaming yeah. like that. That's I don't I don't buy. I still don't buy the streaming thing. No one is going to want to have a system where they don't own anything. Um, or have no way to install. Even the Apple Arcade stuff, you can still install it locally and run it properly that way if you don't have an online connection or whatever. And it doesn't require me to buy anything. It just requires a cheap subscription every month. So like, that's the model, I guess, that could make some headway there. But like, I don't buy that Sony is just going to switch to a PlayStation Now streaming model instead of making a PlayStation 6. There's no way in hell. Yeah, I don't either. I do think it won't have a drive and it'll be all digital, all download. Like, I mm-hmm. think GameStop in 10 years will be gone. If that's what yeah. you're asking, but I think GameStop will be gone in ten years, whether or not it's all digital. <laughs> frankly, well, but... it will definitely be gone if everything goes all digital. Yes, yes, <laughs> without a doubt. But I, but I feel like GameStop will be gone long before we even start to have an answer to that question. I agree. Frankly, as well. I don't. It, it I don't may think be gone those... in like three years. Let's be honest. If it was doing fine now, it would probably be killed by that. But I don't think that's really the problem they're having right now. Yep. Uh, next up from Ed Rock, the truth. Uh, do you think there is any chance that Nintendo would patch Mario 3D All-Stars to add Mario 64 widescreen or add GameCube controller support for Mario Sunshine? And do you think there is any chance they would add Galaxy 2 in the future? Uh, no. 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 And no. Actually, the third one, maybe. What, like, the Galaxy 2? I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think they'll they add it. They will sell Galaxy 2 for another 30 bucks. Right. There's no way they add that for free. They might add... I could see them maybe adding widescreen to Mario 64, uh, that should be a pretty quick hack. That's been done on Dolphin. I don't think they're going to touch um, any of this because the game doesn't even, it won't even be on sale in a few months. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is just what we put out is what you're going to get. Take it or leave it. Most likely. Of those three, I would say it's possible that Mario 64 get a widescreen patch. But it's more likely that people are just going to hack it, put it into like some emulator and make it work that way. The way it already works on all the other emulators. <laughs> yep. Which, by the way, seems to be where Nintendo got that collection oh, from. Oh, I know! They're emulated! How, how bizarre. Uh, so yeah, I guess there's no chance. Except for maybe... No. Like Maybe the, the the, honestly, honestly, the, that Mario collection stretches the definition of a remaster. Yeah, it's pretty much just it's pretty <laughs> yeah. much just the Mario version of the Super Nintendo emulator on the Switch. It is. It's just that's all it is, really. Dirty. Yep. Uh, Real one, quick and dirty. Yep. One last question from Neo JD: uh, Who do you guys think will be the new Smash character? Any guesses, Matt? I don't even remember who's in it now. Um, I know. I feel like they've run out of, like, I can't even really think of any relevant characters that have not appeared in I don't know. There's that one character that's like a... um, That's it. There's there's one character that's like a meme that people keep wanting them to add from, like, some obscure thing. I can't remember who it is now. Birdo? No, it's it's not a Mario. It's like a totally weird one-off character. I think from the Mario RPG. Oh, okay. Begins with an O, I want to say. I can't remember. Um... 
Like if you saw them, you'd be like, "What?" Like it, it, it's well, I mean, a deep, fact deep is, cut. They've run out of interesting characters to put in Smash, and I thought yeah, that they like, had said that was it. I thought Sakurai said he was done. I don't know. A lot of extensions have hit, like especially with the the COVID era. A lot of extensions have hit for the fighting game. Like I Tekken just and Tekken Seven just announced a season pass four. I like that, that blew my mind. And then they did some digging on the on Mortal Kombat Eleven, and they found new DLC characters in there. Rambo is coming to Mortal Kombat Eleven. Like Sylvester found, Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. They, they found <laughs> they found evidence in there of Melina, Rain, and Rambo. Wow. As some of the. I'm like. He you're fits. gonna have so you're gonna have Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the same fighting game. He fits How in crazy Mortal Kombat. That? The latest Rambo movies are some of the most violent, gory movies I've yeah. ever seen. Like they are not for the weak of stomach. I'll tell you that. And I'm a little gore hound. And some of those couple Rambo movies, mm-hmm. I was like, dang, okay. <laughs> so if that's all true, that's cool. Uh, I think yeah. there might there's more Soul Calibur coming. Um, like there's like. If you can keep extending the content and thus the active play on those fighting games, go ahead and do it. I mean, Smash. Why not? I, we talked about back in the back before Smash Brothers came out for the Switch that Smash Brothers should basically become a permanent platform yeah. where you don't have to buy a sequel ever. That it just keeps expanding, expanding, expanding. So go ahead, go, go for, for it. it. But like at a certain point, you're gonna be adding characters that only five people have heard of, and it's I guess that's fine. Getting that but, way already, I think, <laughs> but. Uh, look, as long as people want to keep playing the characters, they're going to keep adding new ones to it. That's the bottom line. Um, yeah. I haven't played Smash since, like, two months after it came out. So Go crazy. Put Optimus Prime in or yeah, something. Why not? Like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Anything fits at this point. So Yeah, there's no there's no rules. Like, Sony, Sony wants to play ball. Why not? Better than making them make another fucking PlayStation's All-Stars game. <laughs> Which is, you know is going to happen, Matt. That's you coming. Know. Yeah, it's definitely in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, they're trying it again. I, I yep. guarantee it. Yep. All right. So that's it for Game Face 230. Thanks again to all you guys who went on our forums. They gave us some great questions for Q&A at the end of the show. Uh, once again, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Dinfire. You can find Matt at M. Kyle. That's M-K-E-I-L. And you can find the site, Sifted, at Sifted Games, and that's spelled S-I-F-T-D. Uh, one final note before we go. I have bad news. Unfortunately, the special episode of Pactor Factor has been put on a semi-permanent hiatus um, by Michael Pactor. <laughs> so there's no hard date for that right now. Um, I'm trying to convince him to uh, set up a new date for it. He seems to have decided that he does. He no longer wants to do it. So we'll see. Uh, it does stink because there was a lot of work done behind the scenes for it already. Um, but uh, we've hit some technical hurdles, and I think he's tired of jumping over them. So I don't know if that special episode of Factor Factor is ever going to happen. Uh, but anyway, uh, it really does stink, by the way, that we don't do the show live right now. Um, not only do I miss the interaction with you guys and the vibe of you guys during the show, feeding off stuff that Matt and I say, um, but also it hurts us financially because we're obviously not, the Twitch Prime stuff isn't happening like it normally would. So I do ask um, that if you would normally uh, hook up Twitch Prime during a live stream of Game Face, if you could remember to just do it, just go to twitch.tv uh, slash Sifted Games and resubscribe. That would be great. We really rely on that money to, uh, to stay afloat here at Sifted. It's not just like a bonus for us. We need it. So uh, because we're not doing the streams right now and you're not just organically being reminded uh, to resubscribe, I'd really appreciate it if you took a minute to do that. And that goes for you people on YouTube as well. 
Um, I'm not going to give you crap for not, you know, contributing to the show or contributing to our Patreon to watch the show, but you can help us out for free uh, for not no skin off your bones at all. Uh, just head to uh, actually just go into the description and it's clear how you can uh, hook up Twitch Prime and help us out a lot. So that's it for episode 230. On behalf of Matt, I'm Shane Satterfield. We'll be back next week. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>